operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. All right, we are back in better than ever. Comic Revolution Podcast, as always, by my side, riding shotgun through the post-apocalyptic nightmare that is the comic book world landscape. Steven, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I do like your uh, your assessment of things. It's very it's very cheery. Thank you. Yes. I try I try to be uplifting. Oh, as always, I'm Rock. <laughs> you can check us out, all of our reviews and whatnot at comicbookrevolution.com. You can check me out on Twitter at Rock2Ks Revolution, Rock Revolution, and Steven. And you can find me at President Glover on Twitter as well. All right, my friend. This podcast, we have a selection of comics, three from Marvel, three from DC, as always, from the House of the Mouse. We have Amazing Spider-Man number 17. We have Iron Man number 9. And last from Marvel, the Magnificent Miss Marvel number one. I can't turn down any issue with a number one on the cover. From DC, Steven, we have The Flash number 66. Mm-hmm. We have Justice League Dark number nine. And bringing up the rear, one of those Wonder Comics titles, Steven. Wonder Twins That's number right. two. Mm-hmm. Let's start over in Marvel, shall we? Let's begin with The Amazing Spider. Spider-Man number 17. All right. This issue brought to us words, Nick Spencer, pencils, Humberto Ramos, inks, Victor Olazaba, and colors, Edgar Delgado. And in this one, Stephen, we have Craven just kind of recapping the reader about how he's come back to life, and he has a new mission, and uh, he wants a death that can't be undone this time, Stephen, and that can only happen... With the spider. Right. Only the spider can kill him. And so, we then cut to Spider-Man. He's battling the flu, but he's looking for Billy Connors, the lizard's son, mm-hmm. and the black cat. They've both been taken by Taskmaster and the black ant. And so, luckily, black cat, wisely enough, sent him a little spider tracer from back when they were an item. Mm-hmm. And he's using that to track down their location. We cut to that unknown location, see the black cat looking at uh, a little... Uh, baby lizard, Billy, and he's crying, he's upset, and she's like, oh, I don't like kids, I never wanted kids, but damn it, why do I feel the need to comfort this kid? <laughs> oh! Again, Stephen, good job showing a character mm-hmm. with nuance. Look at, see, look, yep. nuance, mm-hmm. texture, confliction, Black Cat has always been a me, 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 me character, right? All about me. She likes to do her own thing. She's Mm -hmm. not, she doesn't want to live the suburban life, raise two kids, go to soccer games. And yet, she sees a suffering child, and it's like these maternal instincts that she doesn't have kick in. And she goes to comfort this child. Mm -hmm. Good writing. That's how you make characters real. Okay. (laughs) Interesting, right? Not one-dimensional. Uh, I've always liked the black cat too. She's a great character. Yeah, is it for the obvious reason? It is for the obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible, aren't I? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm the worst. Anyhow, so uh, she's comforting Billy, and then Craven walks in. 
Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you, you. And Craven's like, look, you're not prisoners. Those lasers on the windows, they're to keep people out and to protect me, not to keep you in. Yeah. And so he's basically like, um, he's like, look, I got you here because I know the spider's going to be coming for you too. Mm-hmm. And um, this time I'm not hunting anybody. Yeah. Right? So he's trying to get the spider to come to him to take him out. It's got this weird suicidal death wish. Yeah. So Spidey, he's goes to the location where Black Cat was last located. We set him with a little tracer. And then gas gets pumped in. Mm-hmm. Knocks him out. And we see it's Craven's son, mm-hmm. who evidently, according to Peter Parker, is even bigger yep. than Craven. This dude is jacked. Mm-hmm. Craven's a big dude. Yeah. <laughs> and Craven's son proceeds to whoop ass. Now, to be fair, Spider Man is suffering from the flu. Mm-hmm. And he just has been gassed. Yep. So it's not really a fair fight. No. So, good job by Spencer. Mm-hmm. A little psychology to the fight. Right? It's like in pro wrestling when the bad guy's beaten up on the good guy, it's because he used brass knuckles when the um, when the referee wasn't looking, right? Yeah. And then because he used knuckles on him, then he can take advantage of him, right? Yeah. Or maybe he like Mr. Mr. Fuji sprayed the, 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 the green spray in the wrestler's face <laughs> and he's he can't see or whatever. You know what I mean? And Yeah. So he did a good job of of, of giving the little psychology to the fight of why our good guy is getting whooped so bad by the bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. It's a good way to make the bad guy look strong without um, hurting the credibility of the good guy. Yes. Good job. So, Spencer could probably book a pretty good match for WWE right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we cut to uh, Arcade at Craven's uh, uh, hideout, mm-hmm. and they're looking at some of the animal-powered villains that they have captured, right? Yeah. One of them is Man Bull. And, you know, Arcade's like, yeah, you know, you, you told me next time I saw you, you were going to gore me. And now look at you, mean and mean, mean, or, you know, Arcade being Arcade. And we see that he was, that above uh, in the palatial estate of Craven, they have all the rich people assembled for the fight, right? Mm-hmm. They're promising the, the, this great hunt. Yeah. Well, we cut back to uh, young Craven, mm-hmm. still whooping butt on Spidey. Spider, to his credit, giving up a heroic fight, though. Mm-hmm. He's getting some licks in. Yeah. Not many, but he gets a couple in. Yeah. And unfortunately, he starts to he's he's hallucinating now from this gas. So he's mm-hmm. seeing like MJ dead, yeah, lying like on the his floor, dead. Fear his greatest fear, yeah. right? It, which is MJ dying, mm-hmm. right? So that's his greatest fear. This, and uh, while he's fighting off the effects of this gas, and he's looking at his greatest fear of MJ dying, Craven just beats the crap out of him. Yeah, I mean, lays a whooping <laughs> on him. Oh my god. It's like Brock Lesnar versus John Cena in SummerSlam. <laughs> it's brutal, Stephen. <laughs> oh my God, it's another F five, and so, <laughs> so um, anyhow, uh, he picks up Craven, young Craven, picks mm-hmm. up uh, Spidey's unconscious body and carries him away. And we see Tasky and Black Ant watching from afar, mm-hmm. and we cut to uh, Spidey waking up. And he's in Central Park. And he's wearing his old 1986 black Mm -hmm. costume. Still makes me happy inside because that's when I was a kid. (laughs) Um, You know, when you were a kid, your first vision is always like the best vision of whatever item. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me as a little kid, like the black Spider-Man, that was was his look, right? So, yeah. 
Special place for me. Anyhow, uh, and in Central Park, he sees, oh, snap, it's the Scorpion. And then Tarantula shows up. Mm-hmm. And then Manbull shows up. And then everybody's there. The Owl's there and the Beetle and the Rhino. It's just it's not looking good for our hero, yeah. Stephen. It's not looking good. And then on top of it, a big energy dome has covered Central Park. Mm-hmm. So he can't escape. Yep. Not good, Stephen. No. <laughs> so he starts fighting everybody. And then to make things worse, just when you thought could get worse for Webhead, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Craven hunter bots up here, like <clears throat> robot, Craven style hunter robots, mm-hmm. right up here with guns, mm-hmm. bows, arrows. Yeah. And they start shooting at everybody. Not Spidey only, mm-hmm. everybody. <laughs> so now it's a free-for-all, Steven. <laughs> That's the end of the issue. Mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man 17. Yes. Oh, wait. Before we go to that, we're then told by Nick Spencer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this story is so big, Steven. Yes. Cannot be contained just to Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, boy. Not just regular. They got to have some extra issues. So what you're going to have is mm-hmm. you're going to have Amazing Spider-Man number 18. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have number 18.hu. Hmm. Then number 19, then number 19.hu. Number 20, number 20.hu. Then number 21, number 22. And those .hu issues, Stephen, mm-hmm. are going to be devoted to three of Spidey's biggest villains or frenemies, mm-hmm. including 16.hu will be Black Cat. Mm-hmm. 19.hu will be uh, Lizard. Mm-hmm. 20.hu is the Vulture. Huh. There you go. Oh, Gibbon is 18.hu. Okay. All right. Gibbon. So mm-hmm. there you go. That's what you got upcoming. Mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man 17, what do you think? Um, I'm a little discouraged by that little bombshell at the end here. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, but... I I really like this. I think yeah. it's uh I mean it's not the start per se, but it's the okay, time to put everybody together. Yes. And I'm thank God they didn't drag that out for like three oh, issues. Oh, I'm or so whatnot. so happy. <laughs> Steve, this is about as compressed of a storytelling as you can get these yeah. days, right? Let's be yes, honest. It is. Thank you. And um so I I thought the 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 stake the stakes are very high and I'm I'm still loving the most dangerous game vibe to it yes um, it's, it's so good I, and I still the thing I think I love still the most is the way that he writes Craven the Hunter as somebody who you know he he conquered his he did what he wanted to do yeah he was ready to die yep. and then he came back and he's not happy about it yes that he doesn't he doesn't like this place anymore he's tired of it and the only and of course the only one who could kill him because he's going by some weird prophecy right. from somewhere yes. is the spider yes um and i love the callback to that um with the black suit i mean craven's last hunt is probably top five maybe top three Ooh. greatest spider-man stories Ooh. ever i'd agree so i'm happy to see to see that brought up anytime yeah. it gets brought up ever makes me happy yes but um i mean i like the fight with with craven's son i 
what really got to me was the Spider-Man saying, oh, you know, you're gassing me. You can't, that's not fair. Gassing me with something you're not affected by. And he says, oh, I'm affected. I'm affected by it. Yes. And then keeps that, beating okay. his ass. It was like, I'm yes. glad you mentioned that because that was, we were talking about fight psychology. Yes. That was a total Brock Lesnar moment by, by Craven. Okay. That, that was a total Brock Lesnar moment where he's like this gas that I'm using to debilitate you mm-hmm. so you see your greatest fear. Yeah. I don't have an immunity to it. Yeah. I'm that much of a badass. Mm-hmm. Okay? I am that much. Of, that is that is that is akin to the Undertaker when he pops up all of a sudden when you think you've laid him out. <laughs> right? He just pops up and you're like, "Ooh, shit." That's yeah. that's like Hulk Hogan when he would start to hulk up <laughs> and the chair shots weren't affecting him anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay? That kind of moment. That 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 is Nick Spencer doing a great job mm-hmm. using an action scene to get over, to not tell you how much of a badass young Craven is, mm-hmm. but to show you how much of a yes. badass he is. Spencer really impressed me with how he used that fight scene. Mm-hmm. Really, this is good fight psychology. He yeah. does a great job showing Spider-Man's, Peter Parker's fighting spirit, mm-hmm. sick, with the flu, gassed, Crippled by his greatest fear, and he's mm-hmm. still swinging. Yep. Doesn't give up, still swinging. Oh, yeah. Great job. And then showing the sheer badassery mm-hmm. that the gas affects him, and he's not stopping. <laughs> oh, my God. Because, uh, was it, Stephen? Let's be 99% of the time, the villain is immune to whatever the serum yeah. is, the gas is, the boys, whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, he takes a, he takes, Spencer takes an old trope, mm-hmm. an old comic trope, and just flips it. Yep. Does it make him, does it make Young Craven seem badass or what? Yeah. Oh, God. Just wow! <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. It's our, oh hey that 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 was me. I was like, oh, <laughs> right, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but uh, and like you said, the, the the fighting spirit where he gets like that that good moment of the where you think he's gonna get out because he did he gives him like three really yes. good n- n- punches to the face. Yeah, Spidey gets some shots in, and it's like, oh, I think he's down. It's it's like watching her say, oh. He's down, yeah. and Spider-Man isn't going to make it. And then, oh, it's the hallucinations. No. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought it was it was paced pretty well. It had some good character moments. I mean, especially yes. with the Black Cat and Craven. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, great job with both characters. Yeah. And um, I am kind of curious as to why the Black Ant was not captured. He is an, he is an animal person. I guess he gets a pass because he's working for the boss. Sure. He's working for the boss. Or maybe he's going to get betrayed later, or, and Taskmaster will have to save his best friend. Possible. Ooh, Possible. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. But, um, yeah, I'm, the only slight drawback is I think the art is a little off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just because it's not Ryan Otley. And I, I have right. to get over that, I know. I know. But it's it's... It seems a little like I mean I like Humberto Ramos's art when he's paired with a um, a colorist that's a little brighter. I agree. I agree. And so with it being so dark, it's a little it's a little weird. It's it not is bad per no. se, but no, 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 it's, no, it's not. It's kind of it's kind of off. Like the action scenes are quite dynamic. Sure, very yeah. dynamic. R- Ramos is good at action mm-hmm. and creating a lot of movement. Yeah. in the panels, I think he uses action lines. Judiciously, mm-hmm. not all the time, but judiciously. Yeah, he, he does a good job with that. Yeah, it's just, and when you get to like the end where you see the villains, like it's like, oh yeah, well that's definitely Humberto Ramos's art. Absolutely. It's just, 
I don't know. Being being darker, it just doesn't work for me as well. I prefer his art with a lighter yeah. color palette. I'm with you on that. I, I do like uh, how Ramos uh, draws uh, Black Cat. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to go there, Steven. She is on her knees for most of the issue, which fits Black Cat's character very well. And you get a butt shot. Subtle, but you get one. My, so you I tip. Slid it in there. I tip my cap to Mr. Ramos. Good mm-hmm. job, my friend. Good yeah. job. He Got walked the line. The... He walked the line of classy. Mm-hmm. It's sexy. And yes, he walked that line. He walked that line. He did it quite well. Yeah. Tip of the cap to Mr. Ramos. Mm. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to challenge yourself every now you and then. Do. An artist, so. You can't strip comics completely of sex appeal because at the end of the day, these are like overloaded. Mm. Bicep bulging, pectorals ripping through the shirt, muscle-bound men, and top-heavy, shapely women. <laughs> okay? At the end of the that day. Was a, that, was a, that was a judicious way to put it. Thank Top you. Heavy. <laughs> yes, thank you. At the end of the day, there is always a layer of sex appeal that will be present in any superhero comic. Yeah. Okay, we can be honest about it. Yeah. So, you know, I like it I when you inject. I think we should be just, honest about it. Yeah. Yes, and it's okay to inject a little bit. Just keep it keep it sure. tasteful, of course. It's not barbed wire, you it, know. It's Right. I mean, it's, exactly. It's, maybe it should be. Ma- but. <laughs> there's a place, there's a time for that. There is, yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, I mean, come on. You, you, the, the women got Craven in his scantily mm-hmm. clad outfit. It's only fair that we get black I was cat. Say, I was like, I mean, Craven. He's. I can see some women reading that and like. Mm, My wife would like Craven. He's got black hair mm-hmm. and facial hair, and he's jacked. That's yeah. That's her kind of guy. Yeah. That's why she married me. <laughs> I mean, well, there you go. <laughs> Anyhow, go ahead. Sorry, I've hijacked this review right. entirely. Um, I did. I mean, I think that's. I think that's mostly. Yeah, it's some uh, my specific thoughts. I, mean, yeah. I did I did like it overall. Yeah. Spencer's doing a great job in this title, isn't he? Yes. Absolutely. It's so much fun. Yeah. I, I love this and issue. That's, too. And that's the thing. It's still it's still a lot of fun. Absolutely. You know. Despite the dark themes. Regardless of the tension and Absolutely all Absolutely yes. agree with you. I, I, I think this is brilliantly I have nothing positive to say in this issue. It's it's mm-hmm. all positive for me. Yeah. It's it's wonderfully written. Mm-hmm. It's 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 from a technical standpoint, it's properly structured. Yeah. The scenes roll into the next one perfectly mm-hmm. great scene transitions it's a great flow to the story yeah he's got a good blend of action and dialogue heavy scenes mm-hmm. and um so it's it's lively mm-hmm. it's very lively it, it the plotting is excellent yes. all the pieces are sliding together perfectly it, it moves with wonderful pace mm-hmm. i mean he's moving forward with a clear it, this is a fairly compressed storytelling mm-hmm. fairly compressed storytelling and it's moving forward with a Clear purpose. Yes. Clear absolutely. direction in mind. Mm-hmm. I like it. This is a well-plotted, well-paced story. I like it a lot. It's just very well-written dialogue. Big thumbs up to the mm-hmm. dialogue. All the characters between Craven, Young Craven, Black Cat, Spider-Man, they all have their own unique external voices mm-hmm. that are really well done. Um, character work is great. I mean, like we said, he does a, Spencer does a good job with Young Craven, mm-hmm. Older Craven being upset about coming back to life and not wanting to be here. Awesome job. Mm-hmm. The, the great job with Black Cat. Mm-hmm. Going like, what, what are these feelings I'm feeling? Oh, this is really <laughs> pissing me off. But keeping her true to her character. Yeah. Right? Keeping her true to her character, but showing depth to her personality. Mm-hmm. Really good job. And then Peter, of course, great as always. I mean, what, what more can you ask for? You get awesome action. You get great dialogue. You have great story, great plotting. Mm-hmm. You have great character work. It's got it all, Steven. The yeah. Amazing Spider-Man right now might be Marvel's best title. 
Yeah, I would I would say that. It, I can't really think of anything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's just such it, it yeah, covers best, all the bases. Yeah, their best ongoing main title yeah. for sure. And Umberto Ramos, I like his. Uh, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I prefer a lighter color palette. Sure, but he's a good artist. I've always liked his mm-hmm. art. He does. He's great with f- characters, uh, facial expressions, mm-hmm. lots of emotion in his character faces. Yeah. You know, black cat. You can see like the ugh, really, mm-hmm. really. I gotta baby this kid. You know. Uh, <laughs> Craven's personality comes through in his face. Mm-hmm. Young Craven's got all the angry testosterone in his face. It's just he does a good job with characters' emotions. Yeah, he does action really well. He does. He, he's just a good artist. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I'm a happy man, yeah. and I'm really excited for the next issue. Yeah, me too. I think it's Absolutely. it's a really neat idea. Mm-hmm. So how would you grade out Amazing Spider-Man seventeen? Um, I would give the writing. I'll give it an eight, and the art. I'll give a six. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. I'll go a little bit higher than you. I'm going to go straight eights. Okay. Eight for the writing, eight for the art. Yeah. There you go. All right, there you go. All right, good I deal. Think that's our most substantial difference. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, my friend. Next up, mm-hmm. Tony Stark, Iron Man number nine. Yes. This issue is written by Dan Slott and Jim Zub. Yeah. Okay. It read like a Dan Slott issue to me, not a Jim yeah. Zub issue. But I, 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 obviously Zub was part of it. Sure. So... The artists of Valeria Skeety and uh, Paolo Rivera, and uh, colors by Edgar Delgado. Again, just like an amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man. There you go. So in this one, we the, the whole just the story is Controller has the Escape program is a virtual reality program that Tony Stark has created, mm-hmm. and Tony Stark has gotten lost inside this virtual reality program. He's totally been lost by it. The motherboard of this virtual reality virtual reality program has impersonated Maria, uh, and. Uh, Howard Stark, his adopted parents. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I can't. I'm trying to keep it down, Stephen. I hate that. I hate that wrinkle to his. I hate, I hate that to his origin. Um, the motherboard is impersonating them and is basically sucking Tony in. And, uh, and, and we've gotten the whole buildup that Tony feels like he came back to life not entirely whole. Right. Okay. So... Uh, the controller using Escape to basically take over everybody. Yeah, that's what that's what he's doing, right? Pretty much. Okay, and he uh, so you got the controller battling Bethany Cave. Bethany Cave's trying to protect uh, what's his name? Oh, come on, uh, Andy Bang, who is in mm-hmm. charge of the Stark Corporation, while yeah. Tony is inside Escape, mm-hmm. right? So controller is outside of Escape battling. Wasp, Bethany Cabe, Andy Bang, and... Uh, War Machine. Rhodes. War Machine. Yeah. And the other Avengers can't help because they're all dealing with stuff. Yeah. Conveniently enough. And so, (laughs) to the rescue, since the other Avengers can't come help out, to the rescue comes none other than... Sunset. Mm Mm-hmm. Sunset Bane. Mm Mm-hmm. Natural rival to Tony Stark. Yes. She shows up along with Gauntlet, her analog. Gauntlet is to Sunset what Rhodey well, is mm-hmm. to Tony. That's right. I. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that's problematic. And, um, yeah. The, <laughs> and so, anyhow, Jocasta, everyone's looking for Tony Stark. They, they, they're like, where is he? We need him. We need him. We need him. Mm-hmm. 
And then we cut inside of Escape, mm-hmm. and we see in there that Tony is basically living out the 1960s Iron Man cartoon. I've never everyone's ever seen it. There was a 1960s Iron Man cartoon, yeah. and that's essentially what they're referencing here. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, all complete the little theme song and whatever. And Tony's real mom is also inside the. Uh, Escape as well. Mm-hmm. So she's battling for Tony's mind against other bo- motherboard who's impersonating his adopted parents. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Tony's real mom is Amanda. Mm-hmm. And she's like all punk rocker looking, young and yeah. punk rocker looking, her, her Escape version of herself. Yeah. <laughs> and Tony in Escape is basically the Tony we got from back in the day. He mm-hmm. drinks alcohol, he's a drunk, he's a playboy millionaire, and mm-hmm. doesn't care about anything. Yeah. Okay. He's he's Batman when he's not being Batman. Right. He's Bruce Wayne all the time. <laughs> right. And so Motherboard turns uh, Tony against his mom. And uh, anyhow, his mom ends up transforming into Black Widow, the old 1940s Black Widow, though. Yeah. The Golden um, Age Black Widow. Yeah. Uh, I think... Um yeah, I think Motherboard does that to like, look, she's a bad guy. Right. Get her. <laughs> yeah. So Tony Stark, you know, attacks her. And of course, Tony's wearing what is easily my mm-hmm. favorite Iron Man armor, and it's the one that has the the face mask that's pointy that comes yeah. <laughs> has the points that come off the helmet. You know, I yeah. just think that's the best armor ever. I mm-hmm. love it. And we see Machine Man is inside of Escape as well, and he's mm-hmm. trying to help Amanda. Yes. And he hooks up with the man and he's like, come with me if you want to survive. Yeah. Was gotcha. the, oh, okay. humor. <laughs> humor, right. Obligatory humor. Nerd reference. Got it. So anyhow, uh, we get a lot of talking between Amanda and, and Machine Man about what they're how they're going to help Tony. Mm-hmm. And uh, long and short of it, their plan is to play into the, into the, you know. Play into the fantasy, I guess. Late 60s fantasy. Mm-hmm. And so Machine Man... Uh, attacks a party that Tony's having, and he's the socialist. He's he's the vodka powered doom Russian troll bot. It's like every negative stereotype of a <laughs> Russian rolled into one character. Yeah, it's it's interesting that there are certain people you can be highly offensive to. Mm-hmm. Russians are one of them. Yeah. Now you say that about any other group of people, you'll get roasted. Mm-hmm. But Russians, we've all agreed, in America at least, we've agreed that this is one group of people we can totally make every negative stereotype about, mm-hmm. and it's okay. Got it. And this is like, great, because it's like, it's like part 1960s Russian stereotype yeah. with modern-day Russian stereotype, the troll. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's like a combination of every decade of Russian stereotype rolled into one character. Yeah. Brilliant writing by Dan Slott and Jim Slott. So. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't mind it. It was it was like oh we're playing this stupid '60s fantasy. What's in the '60s? Oh yeah, everybody hated the Russians. So yes. let's ah. But Trollbot is definitely the modern. Trollbot is definitely that, modern. that's the modern yeah, one. That was like oh you were so close. <laughs> you were so close, and now it's not funny. Um, <laughs> so it, the best part is Tony starts like yeah because back then he used his briefcase with the armor and he mm-hmm. put the armor on and he's like. Give me a couple minutes to suit up. And I'll show you the show you the power of American ingenuity. And Machine Man's like, so bad guys just wait for you to get dressed. Yeah. This is so insane. <laughs> Fantastic. That was funny. Anyhow, so that he armors funny. up. They start fighting. <laughs> Amanda uh, tries to reach her son, saying, "Yeah, you know, this isn't you. This isn't you." And then Motherboard appears. Maria Stark, Motherboard appears, and she's like, "Look, I could destroy everybody." And this is ridiculous. Um, the truth is, when Tony came back from the dead by reconstru- reconstructing every cell in his body, uh, his first major project was to build Escape. And you know why? B- 
because, um, you know, and they reference back how he thinks there's something wrong with him mm-hmm. when he came back. So he is because within Escape, mixing freely with other programs, Tony Stark feels more alive than ever before, free from all of his physical baggage, baggage, bah, physical baggage, and you know why? Uh, she, motherboard shows a, has a complete access to Tony's armor and the current gen- scan of his genetic data, and it shows that there's no biological trace of the original Tony Stark left. Okay. In the world outside of Eastgate, he is a physical, quote-unquote, simulation. It's only within Eastgate that he is real. And Tony's like, I can feel it. It's true. It's all true. End of issue, Steven. Tony Stark, Iron Man number nine. What would you think? Um, I've had an uh, interesting relationship with this title. Um, mm, that's one way to put it. <laughs> when, it for, when I was when I was hearing about it, and it was like, well, you know, we're gonna do a um, like a Black Mirror mm-hmm. anthology. Yep. Every issue is a different story. I was right. like, okay, well, that sounds kind of interesting. Yep, indeed, agreed. And um, there's some stuff that has been interesting. Yes. Uh, maybe not the best executed, but still interesting. It's like, okay, well, yes. I sat through a lot of bad Doctor Who. I can read this, obviously. Right. Agreed. Um, but in this issue, this is the first one I think they've had like an ongoing story. Agreed. Through them, I think. It is. And it's. I don't dislike the idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, the controller is a, you know cheesy old school iron man villain iron man yeah, villain he is it's like i get it i get what he's doing mm. they're do, you're playing on the virtual reality yep. nonsense that's yep. going on mm-hmm. and, and with po- kind of like pokemon go ish like oh yeah. it's gonna wander into traffic and kill people or right whatnot. um so okay yeah that's that was a rejected Black Mirror script that he found his he found somewhere <laughs> right, in the trash right. can. Yeah, and it's like, okay. Well, I mean, that could be fun, right? Um, the stuff about Tony being a physical s- simulation. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I mean, the, the hell that's a that's a argument. That's a philosophical exercise. Right. The ship of Theseus. Is it really? the ship of Theseus still if everything's been replaced. Right. And they did the same thing on Star Trek where every time they oh, killed wow. them and then they reassembled them when they teleported. Yeah. So it's, I mean, they bring that up and I'm like, well, he's not the real. It's like, well, I mean, kind of pretty much is. Mm-hmm. You know? So I was hoping for something a little more like concrete as in well, I am in him or something like that. That's why he didn't come back. Right. Or he's still missing something. Mm-hmm. But, I like the art. I kind of like the art quite a bit. I mm-hmm. think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I love these covers that they're doing too. Yeah, the covers are great. Really good. Um, yeah, I agree. And the stuff in the si- the sixty stuff, like mm. some of the really cheesy stuff, I thought was funny. Yep. But and I like the way they contrasted the art with like the how real the art changed. People and yeah, that. it was cool. It was very cool. Um, but it's. It feel it's just still feels kind of middling to me. It's yep. like, well, I see, I see what you're trying to do. I yep. see the potential. It could be good, yes. but it's still just, eh. And for the for a big reveal at the end, it's like, okay, so you're doing like I said, the Star Trek teleportation thing. It's like, yeah. okay, it's not. You're gonna need to give me a little more than that to yeah. make me like, oh, oh no. 
not that, anything but that. And I'm right. like, he's telling me to start. Just give him some therapy and he'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's kind of, it's disappointing, to be perfectly honest, because I like it stories is. like this. But It is. I'm sure, I'm sure you feel a little worse than I do about I it. I do. I mean, <laughs> Iron, Iron Man is my favorite Marvel character by far, hands down, not even sure. close. I have a full run of Iron Man comics, literally from the very first all the way to mm-hmm. this one right here. <laughs> so, <laughs> I... To this. You know, uh, so, <laughs> you know, and uh, it, it's better than Bendis's run. I'll give it that. It's not really saying much, is it, though? Is it better than Fraction's run? It is better than Fraction's run as well. Which is oh, also, oh, that I know. Strong I'm, words, I, I, yeah, sir. I, yeah, I, I, that, that's, that's like saying, well, this poorly cooked meal is better than dog vomit. Um, <laughs> so I'm not really saying much. I, I understand that. Uh, I guess my biggest thing is, it's just, gosh, I'll start with the artwork first because that's the easiest thing to compliment. Sure. I'm like you. I like the art. The art's great. I love how the modern scenes, the scenes outside of Escape, mm-hmm. look different than the scenes inside Escape. Both art, ra- radically different style. Mm-hmm. Both look fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic art. The stuff outside of Escape has the right slick, glossy art that I would expect on a sci-fi superhero tech-heavy comic really pretty i like it and the art inside of escape has that cool retro 60s old school dot color uh you know comic book vibe to it it looks just beautiful beautiful so i just think artistically this is a gorgeous issue i think it's a wonderful issue to look at yeah it's very pretty very pretty issue so lots of praise for that yeah um the stuff I like about the writing, I'm with you. The funny stuff, the little theme song, you know, the, like my 1960s theme song to Iron Man was great. The little mm-hmm. the little 60s, the old school 60s comic book touches are cute. And yeah. I, I, I like that stuff. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it all falls apart for me. <laughs> it all falls apart because it just... It's not that you don't have the, 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 the seed of a good story. You do. It's just... Ugh, the execution sucks terribly. There is no life to this story. There's no life to the characters. Yeah. And I just feel like and there doesn't feel like to be any originality. I, I just get the feeling that it, it just I get the feeling I'm reading recycled Doctor Who and Star Trek storylines in an yeah. Iron Man comic. Yeah. And that's just not interesting. I I read an Iron Man comic to get new, unique Iron Man stories. Yeah. And I just feel like I'm just getting rehashed, warmed up, Mm -hmm. Doctor Who and Star Trek tropes in an Iron Man comic. Yeah. And they spent such... It was annoying how much they were, oh, we're Stark, we're different, we're new at the very beginning, and now... We're here. Yeah. (laughs) It's just... And and the big reveal that, that... Tony Stark, there's no biological trace of the original Tony left. He's gone, and this one, he's just a physical simulation. It's kind of an underwhelming reveal. Yeah. You don't, there's such a disconnect between the reader and the story anyway that you don't really feel anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, I don't know, this character has just been through so much bad since Bendis took over the title. Mm-hmm. They've just so screwed the pooch of this character so much, made this character so needlessly 
convoluted. That's why I don't understand. Mm -hmm. In a day and age when so many characters, publishers are trying to streamline continuity and streamline characters. I mean, look what DC's doing with characters like Hawkman Mm -hmm. and the Justice League. Everything post-New 52, they're trying to streamline things. And over here in Marvel... You know, you need to streamline the X-Men. You need to streamline the Fantastic Four. You need mm-hmm. to, the Avengers is being streamlined. You yep. Just this focus of streamlining things and, and not creating things, making things so unnecessarily convoluted that readers are just like, I don't know what's going on. Or new readers are like, I don't even want to get involved. Yeah. You, you took a character that was pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. And you just needlessly complicated it all throughout Bendis' run. That just needlessly complicated it. And you're doubling yeah. down on it. So the only thing I could be told that I would be happy with is if this Tony Stark, you know, if if the real Tony Stark is somewhere else, and that real Tony Stark um was from before Bendis' run. <laughs> and they just retcon away everything from Bendis' run. Mm-hmm. And make things a lot more simple. <laughs> because Bendis didn't do anything to make the franchise better. No. At all. At all. And Slot isn't helping matters any. Yeah. At all. And none of the characters are that interesting. And that's uh, terrible to say because I love Bethany Cabe. Mm-hmm. But Slot's managed to make her a strong woman TM. Yeah. Versus, she was such a, such a cool character. And mm-hmm. she's really neat. She's a fantastic character, but she's delivered in such a bland one-dimensional way you're just like blah i mean just everyone is joe costa is a cool character and he's made her so blah <laughs> boring machine man an awesome kirby character mm-hmm. slots managed to screw the pooch with him too and make him not that interesting yeah. it's just and it's just his tony stark is not, none of these characters are interesting mm-hmm. the character work is just very blah the dialogue just feels very blah mm-hmm. it's not bad it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's just a whole bowl full of meh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's terrible. It's, it's bad in the sense that you don't feel one way or the other about this comic. The comic yeah. just kind of leaves you cold. At least it left me just kind of like, whatever. You know, it doesn't even elicit like a passionate negative response out of me. Right. You know what I mean? At least Bendis initiated <laughs> a passionate <laughs> negative response out of me. You know what I'm saying? This doesn't elicit anything other than okay it's a comic it's a a superhero comic yeah and there's the bad guy and there's a conflict and Mm -hmm. okay yeah moving on but that's Mm -hmm. it not much there there yeah is there i don't i just don't see it i don't know how would you grade (laughs) out tony stark iron man number nine um well since it's middle of the road i'll give it a middle of the road score i'll go to five and for the art, um, I'll give the art an eight. Mm-hmm. I thought the art was excellent. So yeah. I totally agree with you. And mm-hmm. damn it, Stephen, I have to agree with you. The writing, five night girls out of ten. Yeah. Dead down the middle. Mm-hmm. And the art, I'm going to go a tad bit higher. I'm going to go nine night girls okay. out of ten. Because I really like how they did the yeah. escape art compared mm-hmm. to the modern art. Yeah. Anyhow. Okay. All right, my friend. Wrapping up for Marvel right. is the magnificent Ms. Marvel number one. This issue is brought to us the words by Saladin Ahmed, the pencils by Min Kyu Young, and the mm-hmm. inks by Juan Velasco, colors by Ian Herring. Sala, uh, Saladin Ahmed, you mm-hmm. might know him from two other Marvel comics. Both were bombs. 
Um, so let's see if he can do any better. Look, he has the job, this job, because he's Muslim. Yeah. That's why he got the job. Mm -hmm. Just to be frank, that's how he got it. Yeah. He's half. He's His dad is Lebanese and Egyptian. His mm -hmm. mom is Irish and Polish. So he's half European, but he was raised Muslim. Mm -hmm. So that's why he has the job, because Kamala Khan is Muslim. Mm -hmm. And Marvel's very keen on pairing writers with the characters nowadays. Right. Very keen on that. Mm -hmm. So... The the only downside is while he is quite accomplished uh, science fiction writer, mm -hmm. no doubt. Um, the point of and, and he's won awards. He's won like a twenty twelve Nebula for best novel, mm -hmm. the twenty thirteen Hugo Award for best novel. He won the Locus Award for best first novel. He's been a finalist in twenty ten and twenty eleven for the John Campbell Award and the two thousand and nine Nebula Award for best short story. So mm -hmm. he's won enough writers. Okay, yeah. as a matter of fact, his uh, Black Bolt. Won the 2018 Eisner Award for Best New Series. Hmm. Ah, yeah. not that I put much stock into the Eisners. Don't get me wrong, but sure, it is what it is. There you go. Uh, but his so he's he wrote Black Bolt and he wrote um, Exiles. Yes. So those are his two Marvel comics that he has written. Both of them were complete sales bombs. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not a surprise given the content given the content given right. Yeah. So the question is, can uh, Ahmed bring Miss Marvel uh, financial success. I assume that financial success is still the point of publishing comics at Marvel. I assume it is. It's hard to tell, but I, I think it's still, you're supposed to still make money. Yeah. That's the whole point of it, I think. Mm -hmm. We'll see. The last issue of Miss Marvel, her former series, um, the last issue was number 37. Came out in January. Yeah. That issue uh, sold 14,250 units. That's pathetic. Yeah. So, Ahmed, he's tasked with, I would imagine, Marvel wants him to increase the sales numbers yeah. <laughs> and make them some money. That would be my guess. So, <laughs> that was that is what he is charged with. And they are renaming the title and starting from number one. So, they're clearly giving her the Carol Danvers approach. We're going to restart this title 20,000 times over five years to hope it somehow catches on. It never catches on. Well, Carol didn't catch on ever. It's yeah. always sold like crap no matter how many times they restarted it. But it's a valiant approach. You, know, you restart it from number one, get it a different title. You Hopefully, you're attracting new readers. Mm -hmm. I get the theory. Not yeah. a problem. Sure. Not a problem with that. So, in this issue, you can tell... Steven, this is very new reader friendly. I will give mm -hmm. Ahmed credit for that. Yeah. It is very new reader friendly. You do not have to have read this, Miss Marvel, not a single issue before to understand mm -hmm. all the characters. He goes with great pains to reintroduce everyone to you mm -hmm. as if you've never read a comic. Right. He begins with Miss Marvel battling, uh, well, he begins with uh, aliens in another world far in the future telling a story about the greatest hero on Earth. Yeah. And a word for advice, if you're trying to get over a new character that mm -hmm. is clearly struggling in sales. I mean, I know the internet tells you, Stephen, that she's massively popular. I don't know how to reconcile this, Stephen. Yeah. Because the internet on social media and on, like, comic book websites tell you that she's massively popular. Yeah. But then her last issue sold 14,000 copies, which is horrendous. I think, mm -hmm. you know... Deja Thoris sells more than that. Okay. So, I mean, I, there's, there's a disconnect somewhere, Stephen. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm being told one thing on one hand, yet the sales numbers are atrocious on the other hand. So, yeah, I don't know. You're trying to get the character to be grit, to, to become more popular. I don't think 
taking the position that she is the greatest hero of all time is the best approach. But that's the approach they're going to take. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's that's how they frame this whole story because that's, that's the aliens telling the story, right? And that's the spine of the story. Mm-hmm. And you see her fighting some generic bad guy named Deathbringer, very nineties. Yeah. And it, it gives her an opportunity to show off all of her powers. That's the only reason why this fight scene. And again, good on Ahmed. This is actually a good way to make an issue new. New reader, how do you do? How do you introduce mm-hmm. new characters to uh, to new readers to this character? Do a fight scene and let her show off all of her powers. Yeah. So now, after this fight scene is over, and it's only like a what a, a two page fight scene. Yeah. You know her full power set. Mm-hmm. That's smart writing. Yeah. And then you've got her inter- going to meet up with her best friend. And you get a clear sense of her best friend's personality. Mm-hmm. She hates those white hipsters at, her, <laughs> at, at, at the um, Habibi uh, raw juice and spice. Yeah. little casual racism for you. She doesn't like those white hipsters at all. They need to get the hell out of her place. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, come on. Everybody hates white hipsters. Even I do. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. That is the prejudice that we all accept. Oh, no. So, oh, dear. So, anyhow, we're introduced to Nakia. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, we get a good sense for her personality, which is not very friendly. And um, not a person I'd want to hang out with. She just does not seem friendly at all. Mm. But she doesn't even seem that nice to Kamala. She seems kind of like a bully friend. You know, like one of your close friends who's kind of a bully? Yeah. That's how she comes across to me. I don't know. I'm kind of like, come on, why do you hang out with her? She's, <laughs> she just seems like she's a little biting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Just kind of like a little biting, a little sharp. Uh, I guess I, I look at her more as um, like in the, the teenage movie, she's the, the type A and Kamala is her, her br- well brunette sidekick. <laughs> uh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, 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 sure. Okay. All right. Good enough. So, and then in the conversation, they talk about how originally Nakia didn't like Miss Marvel mm-hmm. until she found out who Miss Marvel was, really her friend, best friend Kamala Khan. And this gives them an opportunity to give you a little, a little origin story rehash of mm-hmm. how she got her powers through the Terrigen cloud and how she hooked up with uh, Carol Danvers and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a good way of introducing yeah. you to her backstory. Yeah. Not the most natural conversation that two good friends would have. This is her. No. These are two best friends. This is not a conversation two best friends would have. Yeah. It is death by exposition. Yeah. I mean, this is just exposition dump time through these characters. Mm-hmm. Not a natural way. It's not two characters would two best friends would engage in conversation. Mm-hmm. So it does give you backstory, but in an unpleasant fashion and one that doesn't help either character. Mm-hmm. Makes them boring. Then Kamala gets a text. Oh. Or looks at the time and goes, I'm supposed to be back home. I got to get home. And this is a good way to set up her home life as we meet um, we meet uh, 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 Ami and Abu. Yes? That's what she refers to them as. Yeah. Okay? And so these are the parental units. And they know that she's Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, evidently, Ami told Abu mm-hmm. that she's Ms. Marvel. Yeah. She wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah. Conflict. Drama. Yes. Anyhow, Abu's like, I'm not down with this. I'm just a teenager. I'm still your dad. You could have died. You almost died. 
I don't want this. Blah, blah, blah. The typical, you've read this a billion yes. times before. This is this is as standard and as rote as this is like mm-hmm. how to write superhero comics for dummies yeah. checklist. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so she's like, you can't tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me, and I'm out of here. So she goes outside. Yeah. And she gets a text from her friend Bruno. And she runs off to talk to Bruno. And Bruno is at the Circle K. And who doesn't hang out at the Circle K? Of course. Let's be honest. And a big uh, wolf monster dude, wolf man with a mace is attacking the store. And Bruno's there. And he's just some white dude. We don't know anything about him. We don't know what he is. What he does. Yeah. He works at the Circle K. There you go, right? Yeah. He, no. He, oh. No. I don't know. And and he's and he and he's been searching for <laughs> extraterrestrials, I guess. He's been rigging set extraterrestrial threat detectors throughout Jersey City. Mm-hmm. So he's like some kind of like the truth is out there, X Files kind of dude. I guess. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, she takes on the Wolfman and the throws him against the wall and he turns into like a pile of like blue putty. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then Bruno's like, oh, to the waterfront. There's another alien. They got to the waterfront. It's like a hawk human creature. Yeah. And she punches it out. And what happens to it? It turns into a pile of blue putty again. Mm-hmm. What is going on? So then he gets alert. Another alert of an alien attack. Mm-hmm. This time it's from Kamala Khan's home. Mm-hmm. So like Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. She goes, my house. And has to run there. But oh no. Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. They're not going to be saved, Stephen. It's not going to happen. She walks in the house. There are her parents. She thinks they're okay. She hugs them. And then they turn into two piles of blue putty. Stephen. End of issue. Magnificent Miss Marvel. Number one, what do you think? Um... A standard is a good word to describe this issue. Yes. Um, it's a, like you said, it's very new reader friendly. Very new reader friendly. I no was not very hot on this character, not because of, you know, the obvious things that people will say about, oh, you don't like it because blah, blah, blah. It's like, I just, it just didn't connect with me personally. I didn't really relate to it. I was like, okay, well, you know, good for you if you like if it. If you like but it, cool, go for it. It's just not for me personally. Yeah. Um, I always find our character to be kind of boring. Like most of the all new, all different characters, they just seem kind of beige to me. But whatever, if you dig it, you dig it. That's yeah. Cool. Um, it seems like another attempt to capture a Peter Parker kind of character. Really? Yes, just like Ironheart was. Mm-hmm. Just like Amadeus Cho was. Just yeah. like, I mean, you can go on and on. Yeah. Ma- Miles, Miles Morales. Morales. I mean, is how many times are we going to try to reproduce the Peter Parker yeah. character? <laughs> and... <laughs> and um, so I was just, I was always kind of, okay, you know, whatever, um, about her character. Mm-hmm. And I can't say I feel any differently after reading this. Um, I got a good sense of where she came from, her powers, yes. all that kind of stuff. Yes. Cool. Her supporting cast. Her supporting cast. You know all of them. Yeah. Um, even though she's only got like three or four. Four. Which is a little weird. Yeah. But, I mean, okay. And... I mean, it checks all the boxes. I just... If you got that checklist, 
Like you go shopping for in the yeah. grocery store, you gotta mm-hmm. shop for the ingredients to make a cake. Yeah. He he's got a checklist for debut issue of superhero mainstream superhero comic. Check, 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 check. Yeah. I mean, but with all the passion of shopping for groceries. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not bad. No. I didn't think the first title was bad either. I no. thought it was just not for me. And I don't I I hate to say it, I feel kind of like I did after Captain Marvel the movie. I don't really care about her as a character. I think she, I mean if if reading that Champions book taught me anything like she's super like into helping people and whatnot and like she's very civic minded or whatnot. But I don't really get that reading this either. I get right. more of a well, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna save people because you told me not to. It's more like young, young rebellious teenage. Yes, and generic young rebellious teenager. Such a, yeah, I mean, like, look, I mean, I know the Power Rangers were all civic minded, but you know, <laughs> like, we don't really see that as much these days with no. our teenage characters. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe if they had worked that up a little bit more, like, who was that? Who was it? Uh, who was the? Car- what was the cartoon Earth? Uh, Captain, oh, uh, Planet? Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Planet. No, and the Earth. Were they the Earth Rangers the or something? Planet, like the Planeteers. The Planeteers. Yeah. Yes. And see that something like that. I mean, maybe it still wouldn't be original, but it would be more fun. Yes. You know, and uh, maybe more of a, a better role model for yes. people. If that's what you're looking yes. for this character to be. Agreed. Um. So I. I just like okay. I just, I read that and I get everything I'm supposed to get. Um, I like the art. Mm, the art is nice. Yeah, um, the art's I like not bad the the alien design was pretty cool. The, all the aliens look pretty cool, don't yeah. they? The Wolfman, the Birdman, they all look yeah. neat. Yeah, I agree. And um, I mean, I'm like, okay, I'm, wow, that's a little a little weird, but uh, and but I don't. Why do I care? Yeah, I don't. I don't care enough to. I care enough to like Wikipedia it like after a month when the next issue comes out to see what <laughs> happened. But yeah, I just. I don't know. You know, you don't you don't really get her connection to Carol Danvers no. either. No. Um, no. Her connection to the champions. Nope. Anything like that. It's basically just the standard. It's like doing the first issue of the other series again. Yes. And I'm like, well, we did that already. So. Yes. And it didn't work. Yeah. So why not, try not something for different? Me. So like, what was well, what was the point? Right. I mean, and it. I mean, it says a lot about these all new different. All new, all different character. I mean, I liked Ironheart's character more after reading that first issue because I was like, okay, well, she actually has oh, gave her finally gave her a when character. the new writer took over for Brian Bendis. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, well, you know, obvious step up <laughs> from there. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah, true. I would agree. It uh, was a step up. Yes. <laughs> but um, I mean, it says a lot that except for that one, that like for Miles Morales, it took a movie that was made to make yeah. me like his character. Yep. It's like, okay. Well, somebody's finally trying to do something different mm-hmm. and not just a, a Peter Parker ripoff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I'm still reading this character. Oh, she's a woman. She's a little. She's a teenage girl, but she's Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Right. Yeah. Like not every character, teenage has to be, Peter, to be Parker. Peter Parker. Right. But that, I mean, of course, that goes back to Marvel's problem of anything. It's like, oh, what's right. popular? Well, we have to d- just duplicate that. Go, 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 go. Bury right. A dumb. Right. What's the word? Is shove it into the ground. Yeah. Until yeah. people get sick of it. Yeah. And they keep doing it again. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that's unfortunate. I, I mean, I see potential in this character. I just don't. I just needs a writer who can actually do something with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, this is a, 
I'm right in line with you. We'll start with the artwork. The art is nice. I like the art. It's good art. Big thumbs up. It's a pleasant issue to look at. Yeah. It's very pleasing to the eye. I liked it. Not a problem. Character designs look good. Fight scenes look good. Facial expressions good. Nice job. Mm-hmm. So no problems there. The writing is just very pedestrian. It is is it is, and that's the best way to put it. It is not bad. It's not good. This is very uncreative. Mm-hmm. It feels like someone is writing from a checklist, and there's zero passion, zero creativity, zero originality. It is literally writing superhero comic books for dummies. Yeah. I'm following my guideline, and I'm doing it, but I'm doing it in a very dutiful, very mechanical fashion. Mm -hmm. There is zero originality, zero heart, Mm -hmm. zero passion, zero creativity, and it really shows in the characters. The characters don't have any heart. They don't have any genuine real qualities to them. Mm They just move through the scenes in a very mechanical robot-like fashion. Yeah. And you don't really feel attached to any of the characters whatsoever. And it's a lot of these all-new, all-different characters suffer from that one-dimensional mm-hmm. aspect because they were never created as fully formed characters yeah. in the first place. That wasn't the goal. The goal was to meet an agenda mm-hmm. that the all-new, all-different initiative had. So when you're creating characters for an agenda, not to create real characters just as real human beings yeah. that's what you end up with mm-hmm. so and this issue again it's new reader friendly it is super yeah. new reader friendly that ahmed does everything you're supposed to do technically mm-hmm. with a new issue just yeah. without any creativity or soul <laughs> yeah and and because of that you don't you don't you're not interested in any of the characters they're yeah. all just very blah mm-hmm. the dialogue is super robotic yeah it's it's this is as generic a dialogue as you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. None of the characters have any personality. Uh, they just don't. Kamal Khan is a caricature of rebellious young teenager. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Never rises past that. Yeah. Her friend is just super generic. Mm-hmm. Super generic psychic character. Yeah. Parents, super generic, mm-hmm. overprotective parents. Yep. All this you've seen a billion times before in a much better fashion. Mm-hmm. So, I guess I'm confused as to what is the point of restarting the title if you're just going to kind of keep doing what you've already done. Mm -hmm. Like, the point of restarting a title is to shake things up, to radically change things, different direction, different vibe, different take on it, and Mm -hmm. you've hired a writer who's pretty much given you the same thing you got before that was already selling like crap on a stick Mm -hmm. so i don't get from a business standpoint i don't understand why you would do this if you're going to restart it with the hope of actually selling more than fourteen thousand copies wouldn't you want to change it and maybe market it to a larger audience Mm -hmm. change the tone change the direction Mm -hmm. change the the whole vibe i would and it doesn't yeah and it's just it, it in, the, in the end of the day, you, you you don't care because it lacks heart and soul. Yeah, and it all just feels like just it's just reheated, warmed up old comic book tropes. Yeah, and there's nothing new here or interesting. So you don't the readers don't want to come back for more. They just don't want to come back for more. Yeah, it's just blah. I I'd, I'd have to agree with you. Yeah, the, um, it's just. 
it's just another. I th- I feel like Marvel doesn't want to change these because they don't want to admit defeat. Yep. They don't want to admit that their their approach was flawed from the beginning. But they changed Ironheart. She was much better when they gave her that new title that just came out recently with the new. I can't I can't remember the name of the woman who's writing oh, it. Uh, I think it's E viewing. Yeah, she 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 changed it. Yeah, she it, it it she's a Ironheart was a real character in that. Yeah, a fully formed normal character. Yeah, much different. That's I guess that's the difference between a writer who's really invested in the character yep. and one who just is not. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least. From what I see here, now maybe this was like a mandatory, like you have to hit all these boxes. Yeah. And if you don't have time for anything else, that's just too bad, which happens sometimes. Yeah. But I mean, I don't. Uh, they could take the sense we're getting anything different. Yeah, that could have they could have taken the first half of this and made it a zero issue. Yep. It's like oh, this is so, or put it in the free comic book day yep. collection. Yep. Yeah. I'd, How would you grade out Magnificent Miss Marvel number one? Um, I hate to do it again, but I give the writing a five. Yep. Not terrible, yep. but not really anything to yeah. go home about. No. And the art, I'll give the art a seven. I like the art. Mm-hmm. It didn't blow my mind, but I mm-hmm. did I did like looking at it. So Agreed. So, yeah. Agreed. I will go, uh, I'm with you as far as the writing. I'm mm-hmm. going to go five Night Girls out of ten for the writing. It's just sure. dead in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the art, I'm going to go a tad bit higher than you. I'll go eight Night Girls okay. out of ten for the art. Yeah. And... Uh, Kevin just posted a review for uh, Magnificent Miss Marvel number one on the comicbookrevolution.com. And uh, he wasn't that far off from us, Stephen. He did a story. He gave it six Night Girls out of ten. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so a tad bit higher than us. A little bit. And the art, eight Night Girls out of ten. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, we hey, all... we agree with Kevin for once. Hey, Yay! look at that. <laughs> all right, my friend. Uh, let's hop over to DC, shall we? Sure. Let's take a look at Flash 66. Now, the Flash has been dealing with that uh, Batman, uh, the Batman Flash mm-hmm. uh, crossover story, right. right? That was spinning out of Heroes in Crisis where they're trying to hunt down the killer. Yeah. And uh, some serious conflicts between the two characters. Mm-hmm. And it looks like 66, Steven, kind of um, is a, a pivot issue. Yes. Where we are pivoting in an entirely different direction, right? Mm-hmm. And it's picking up on the dramatic return of James Jesse from the last Mm-hmm. Last issue. James Jesse's character that died back in, oh my God, Stephen, he died way back in, oh, I can't remember which issue is, Countdown. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know Countdown to 52? Yeah. Uh, he died in one of those issues when, was, I think he was saving, he was saving uh, Pied Piper. I don't know if you remember that story or not. Um, he was saving Pied Piper, uh, took a couple of bullets for him, and uh, got killed off. And that was back in, I want to say, 2000. Ooh, boy. I can't remember. Um, I don't know, 2000, early 2000s, I want to say. Anyhow, um, I've always liked his character. Mm-hmm. I think he's really cool. Yeah, and I remember, I remember, <laughs> I remember they were on. Um, they were um, the, the the trickster. It was dead shot. It was dead shot. And trickster and uh, Pied Piper were handcuffed to each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, dead shot goes to kill Pied Piper. Trickster takes the bullets for um, Pied Piper, who manages then to survive and escape on a train. But he's got trickster's corpse still handcuffed to him for the remainder of the story. Yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> It was, it, yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, Countdown to Final Crisis number 22 in 2007. Oh, wow. 
boom. There you go. Hmm. There you go. Um, I remember that was a great story. I really like Countdown. That was a good, that was a fun, that was fun. Anyhow, yeah. um, so, but he was dead. And then we got the new uh, trickster, Axel Walker. Mm-hmm. After that, which I, n- I never liked that character. He always annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> always liked James Jesse. Anyhow, he's back. There's been no explanation why he's back, how he's back, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And to my knowledge, I've not seen anything anywhere to explain why he's back. We just know, I mean, he's been dead for 10 years, 12 years, Stephen. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly he's back. He was yep. in, um, as a, he was in Black Knight as one of the Black Lanterns. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Huh. Yep. Anyhow. Oh, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this issue basically is reintroducing, uh, let's be honest. This issue is basically reintroducing the character to um, readers who may not know who he is because he's been dead for 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> so there's probably a fair amount of readers who just... It's they a know good assumption Ax- to make. They, knew yeah. Axel, they know Axel Walker, I'm probably. sure, but I would imagine there's a fair amount in the past 12 years that don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so this issue, Joshua Williamson, the word Scott Collins, classic Flash artist, uh, doing the um, art, and uh, Luis Guerrero doing the colors. Williamson basically uses this whole issue, Stephen, to reintroduce James uh, uh, James Jesse's character uh-huh. to the reader, and I'm actually okay with it. Is this a pause issue? It's a pause issue, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, but Trickster's a cool character, and he does a great job giving you the backstory. We learned that he was uh, his parents were carnies. Tight warp walkers, mm-hmm. right? Like the flying Graysons. Yeah, they even referenced that. Uh huh. The flying, the flying Jessies, and it's like which was a ripoff of the flying Graysons. Yes. <laughs> and and James Jesse, you know, just wants to read his book of Jesse James. He doesn't want to do tightrope walking at all. He's afraid of heights. You know, he doesn't want to be a part of it. He refused to be a part of it. Um, he'd hide during the shows, and they they show a flashback scene of of um them. Dread finding his their son in front of the whole live crowd in the tent top, mm-hmm. finding him, dragging him out of hiding, forcing him to go up the 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 ladder, and the crowd like, <gasps> no, let him go, let him go. But no one ever actually stopped it. Mm-hmm. They just protested, but they never stopped it, right? Because that's what people are. And um, and uh, then you cut to later in the past. You know that that's early in his real early in his past. Then you cut to when he's first the trickster and first coming across the Flash. And how um, all of his battles with the Flash, eventually um, the Flash learned he's just a con man. And he figured all of his tricks out and he couldn't really get one over on the Flash anymore. Yeah. And he got thrown into uh, Iron Heights. Mm -hmm. And there he's left in solitary confinement. And there the Warden, Warden Wolf, really just, just totally tries to break him mentally, saying he's nothing, he's dirt, he's got no tricks left, he's just lame and Mm -hmm. no one gives crap about him. He's never going to escape Iron Heights. Yeah. Right? Let's try to escape too. And he keeps trying to escape throughout the mm-hmm. issue. They show Flash with all, many escapes mm-hmm. and he always gets caught. Yep. And they keep telling him, you're out of tricks, dude. You're mm-hmm. out of tricks. You got nothing. You're predictable. You've got nothing left. You have mm-hmm. nothing left. Nothing original left. You're out of tricks. And you cut back to him as a kid. He's at the high rise and he's like, don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. And they push him. They take away the safety net and they mm-hmm. push him. And he suddenly goes, and does all the, it was a big, it was a big fraud. Yeah. Right? It's all part of the show. He puts on the mask. He's like, ta-da, yay. And the crowd cheers. And, ooh, we did it. Yay. So it was, it was, it was all the work. Mm-hmm. And then this is contrasted with the scenes of him trying to break out of, of Iron Heights and mm-hmm. constantly failing. And the new trickster arrives on the scene, Axel Walker. And Wolf, uh, Warden Wolf tells, you know, 
James, Jesse, not only you don't have any, you know, you're just a useless con man with no more tricks, but you've been replaced. You're totally mm-hmm. forgotten. And uh, James, Jesse's like, I will not be forgotten. I will not be forgotten. And so um, we see that he finally, he says, I finally came up with, like, I pushed myself to go even farther. Mm-hmm. And he came up with a perfect trick, and he breaks out of Iron Heights, which is supposed to be impossible to do. And the warden's like, <laughs> we will never speak of this. You know, no one can ever know that he existed. And then we cut back to his parents partying about his excellent job. Evidently, they have a pickpocket out in the crowd while yeah. they're watching the show, and they made all this money. <laughs> and the mom's like, you know, what it takes to be somebody, you got to deceive to succeed. And uh, you cut back to the present day, and Trickster's all suited up, and he's like, money's everything. And if you don't have it, you're just a waste. And, you know, he's like, I'm James Jesse. I'll show them. They'll be so impressed by me. My greatest trick uh, something that the city, central city will never see. <laughs> you know, all the good stuff. You know, I'm back and better than ever kind of thing, right? Yeah. You just rebuilt the villain. And sure. introduced them to the to new reader, to readers who don't know the character, good origin story, that kind of thing. Yeah. So what would you think, Flash uh, 66? Uh, well, as somebody who was is not familiar with the character, um, I, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was an interesting um, story that they told. I think he's an interesting character. Um, it's, I mean, Scott Collins on the art, of course, is oh. always a treat. <laughs> the art's fantastic, isn't it? Yes. Very few, I mean, the only artist I can think of that I associate with The Flash more than Scott mm-hmm. Collins yeah. is Carmine Infantino. Yeah. Other than Carmine Infantino, he's number one. Yeah. He's number one. <laughs> but after Infantino, it's it's Scott, Scott Collins, Collins yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just the perfect match. Exactly. Always has been. Yeah. But um, so that was really nice. It's always nice to see to see him do that. Um, I mean, it it is very. I mean, I guess you could say it's kind of standard in a way. Of course, mm. it's the the villain who had the rough upbringing, and he's right now he's going to prove himself. But I think what Joshua Williamson really did that surprised me is that he actually made me feel bad for him at certain points. Totally agree. And um, I mean, of course, the stuff with the parents at the show was all an act, but right. you know, but they do make made, a point yeah. of saying that you really pulled me, dad, you really pulled me hard. My shoulder hurts. Yeah. Like you really pulled me hard during the, the, sh- the, 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 the show, dragging, yeah. the dragging me up to the ladder. Yeah. So it's still hence, even though it was a show that these parents aren't the best parents. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, and I still, even though they did all that, I still like, I was like, no, nah, he doesn't, he doesn't want to do that. Right. Like, you know, that's why, because he's the, the guy who's had his head, his head in the books and all right. that. He's not like that. Right. But, um, and then even when um, he was getting broken in Iron Heights, like, oh, look, you've been replaced. And you see that he's crying. I was like, yes. aw. Like, he's, he's not a good person, but, you know, I still felt like, you know, Williamson, real emotion for him. Yeah. Williamson gets you to sympathize with James mm-hmm. Jesse's character, doesn't yep. he? Because mm-hmm. he's objectively a bad person. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a bad person. Oh, of course. But, but. <laughs> You really, you really sympathize with the character. Mm-hmm. You really, Wimson gets you to truly establish an emotional character with James, mm-hmm. uh, an emotional connection with James Jesse's character. Mm-hmm. You really get connected to him. You really get invested in him, yes. and you really, you feel for him. Mm-hmm. You feel sympathetic toward that character. It, you feel his pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's 
pretty good. Yes, Even it. while you're like, he's not a good person, but I really feel, I, I feel so bad. I really feel for him. Yeah. And you're kind of rooting for him Ex- exactly. to break out of to, exactly. to break out of Iron Heights. A like, bad you know, person. You put your root for him. I kind of want him to make it. Right. <laughs> good writing, though. Yeah. Definitely. And it'll... And, and villains it, are more fun when you, you, you can have a connection like that, right? True, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I know we had this discussion about, you know, like Marvel's villains are more of, like, the, the deeper, they're more complex, and DC's generally are more, like, they're for, like, the big stories. Of, yes. Oh, the good versus evil. Story. Right. But um, I think the Williamson and the other, the other two big three they have now have, yeah. have really been good at, developing these villain characters a lot more. Absolutely agree. Absolutely that, agree. That, yeah. that Marvel method way. Yeah. Giving a more nuance and texture mm-hmm. to their to their characters and personalities. I agree. Totally yeah. agree. And it's been it's been a welcome change for sure. Oh yeah. Especially for like some of these I mean I mean let's be honest, like no name characters like I mean, this one. Trickster's kinda goofy. Yes, yeah. That's a goofy the character. Whole gimmick is really it's a goofy character. Silly. But uh, out of out of a group like the the rogues, like right. saying it's silly is like that's a lot. <laughs> but you're taking this Silver Age character and really, yeah, putting some nuance and texture to his personality. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. Creating some good depth to the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was I was very impressed with the pretty much the whole issue because I mean I knew he would I knew he'd be able to do it. I mean by now, it's, right? It's uh, Joshua Williams and he can do anything. Yeah, he's really impressed so, us. So, um, yeah, another another great issue. I'm ex- I'm interested to see where it goes because with the stuff that they built up in the last non crossover Flash issue, oh, with all the speed, with the, the forces, the forces and all that, and the war, and whatnot. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to have any any role in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking not, but we'll see. Right, right. And um, so I'm very interested to see what happens going forward with him. And just another another great job. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like that it was a pause issue. Pause issues, yeah. they're 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 dicey. Pause issues can yeah. can suck. They can go wrong. <laughs> they can go quickly. wrong really fast. <laughs> and you're like, why did I spend the money for this? I should have just skipped this issue. Yeah. But I think uh, this was so well written. The mm-hmm. character work and the dialogue was so good. Yeah. Like so good that I think it was worth. It was really worth, you know, buying and yeah. and reading. And uh, this one. This does a good job reestablishing James Jesse's character. I really, I'm curious to find out if if Williamson is going to tell us how he came, how he back, came back, or if they're yeah. just going to act like, well, whatever. We're not even we're not even going to address <laughs> what happened in Countdown to Final Crisis. Yeah, very curious about that because mm-hmm. that's that's kind of like the elephant in the room at this point. I yeah. mean, I you know, I just it's it's interesting. We'll we'll see, but yeah, it is. I wonder if that'll be. Part of his like ultimate con right. that he managed to, to defeat to, death. To defeat death. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I, I, but I really like it. It's great character work. It's great dialogue. It's, mm-hmm. it's brilliant writing. Again, Williamson just doing a brilliant job. This is definitely a, a great issue to read if you're a new reader and don't know this character. Buy this issue because you'll get a great introduction to this character. And even if you do know the character, like I do, I yeah. know this character really well. It's wonderful reading because Williamson just takes different 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 take on the character mm-hmm. and it's just fantastic yeah now how would you grade out uh flash 66 i would give it straight nines nice as someone who doesn't you went strong i did as someone who didn't know the character i was really invested and anytime you make me feel something for a character i mean i didn't like cry or whatever right right no doubt no doubt because it would have been a 10 if i did yeah of course but um <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought he just did an excellent job. And of course, Scott Collins art. If it's not a nine, then someone needs to check on him. Cause amen, brother. Scott Collins, so. Amen, brother. 
I'm going to go just a tad bit lower than you. Eight Night Girls out of ten for the writing. Okay. And I'll go nine, nine and Night Girls out of ten for the art. Mm-hmm. Excellent, my friend. Let's move on to Just League Dark, number nine. To me, the weakest of all the Just League titles. You know, I'm just not a magic guy, Stephen. <laughs> I just – when you get into stories that deal with magic, I just – my eyes kind of glaze over. It's a lot of nonsensical words usually. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of gobbledygook. A lot of just made up words. Just my eyes just I just <laughs> You know you know what I mean? I mean, does that make sense? I don't know. I guess. Okay. I'll just Steven's like, I like magic based stories, thank you. I'll I'll <laughs> I'll try, try, try to understand. He's not a magic man. Oh god. Ah. There we go. Nice. All right. Thank you. The uh, story <laughs> is brought to us by James Tinning the Fourth. And the pencils are Alvaro Martinez Bueno and Miguel. Uh, Mendonca and the inks are Raul Fernandez and uh, again Miguel Mendonca and the colors Brad Anderson. Mm-hmm. So essentially, what this is is we've got um, we have Man Bat working with oh what's his uh, name Khalid or Khalid or... Khalid yeah. who is the great nephew of Kent Nelson. Yes. The original Dr. Fate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we see that uh, Kent Nelson has been possessed by Naboo, mm-hmm. the great lord of order who lived inside of who lives inside of Dr. Fate's helmet. Yes. So Kent Nelson completely taken over by Naboo. Mm-hmm. And uh, he disappears. Yes. So Khalid works with Manbat to try to find out where he went. Mm-hmm. All right. Then we cut to Mira, mm-hmm. a magical land. Yes. Right? Where the Just League Dark members are, and it's we're talking uh, Demon Etrigan, uh, Swamp Thing, Dead Man, and Detective Chimp. Mm-hmm. Yes. And who is the hooded female character? I don't know her name. I'm not sure. You don't um, know who she is. I think I mean I don't think she really says anything. I don't know no. if she's like a resident or whatnot. Because I was like, is it Xanadu? But no, I don't think that's no. Her. We've and just seen her face. Yeah, and Xanadu. Jason Blood. Yes, is there? Mm-hmm. And they are confronting the uh, Lords of Order. Mm-hmm. You've got Naboo. He's got the helmet. Mm-hmm. You have the gauntlets of Mira, Mirath, mm-hmm. the cloak of Sira, mm-hmm. the breastplate of Hoku, and the <laughs> boots of Dalphi. <laughs> That has to be the lamest of all of them. <laughs> That's the lamest. I got the boots of Dalphi. Like, really? Well, not if he wants to kick you in the shit. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I'm just like, really? I just, okay. I just um, put them so, all together and make a, a golden man or something. Right, you know? yes. And those are the lords of order. It's one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Four dudes and a lady. And... Um, our heroes are uh, they're, they're trying to protect Mira. The Lords of Order want to destroy it, essentially. That's the long and short of it. Pretty much. Etrigan uh, attacks the Lords of Order, and they quickly dispatch him by removing Etrigan from uh, Jason Blood. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. That's never happened before. No. And now they're separated. Uh, the demon Etrigan cannot uh, stay in that realm. Neron is beckoning him, and he disappears. Boom. Mm-hmm. Gone. All right, then suddenly out of nowhere arrives my boy, Blue Devil. Mm-hmm. Steven, got to take pause on you. <laughs> did you ever read Blue Devil? I did not, no. Okay. Had you ever heard of Blue Devil before? Yes, I had. Okay. 
So Blue Devil. <laughs> I love me some Blue Devil. Yes. Sure. Love him. And it, it, I don't know. It was, he first, I remember he first appeared at a Fury uh, Firestorm. Mm-hmm. Fury Firestorm. Number 24 back in 84. So I'm a kid. Love, love this character. Super cool. Um, his, he, he first appears in Firestorm, then he got his own title. And his title was so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it ran for, it actually ran pretty damn long. It went from 84 to 86, which is longer than it had any right to go, Stephen. It went wow. 31 issues and an annual. Hmm. It was great, though. So, um, uh, who was the, uh, who was the, um, who was the artist? The art was fantastic on it. I know Gary Cohn was the co-writer. Um, anyhow, uh, it was really it was it was fun. Daniel Cassidy is the guy's name, mm-hmm. and he was a stunt man and a special effects guy, and he got like this costume, this this full body Blue Devil costume, grafted to him, bonded to him. You couldn't take it off anymore. <laughs> it was just so cool. Anyhow, and he was also connected with Neron, right? Okay, as well. So, anywho. Blue Devil appears in the scene, rise to the rescue, and he tells Detective <laughs> Chimp, you want to save everybody, you got the Demon Slayer sword, just use it to, you know, get us all out of here. You can tra- you can transport us away. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? I didn't know that. <laughs> they all transport away. Yeah. The Lord's Word go, well, the distractions have removed themselves, so we can go about destroying Mira. Oops. <laughs> oh, dear. That's not good. And then we cut to Rerea. Just why I hate magic stories, all these nonsensical <laughs> names. <laughs> nonsensical names. It's like this wasteland of an island where Cersei's hanging out and Wonder Woman and Zatanna are there to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And I'm pissed because Zatanna's wearing a trench coat, and that's just wrong. And uh, <laughs> That was your first mistake. That's your first mistake, pal. <laughs> And so, Cersei is there to help um, the ladies out, mm-hmm. and she says, "Look, you guys need the lords of the Lord of Chaos himself. If you guys want to defeat, you are trying to save magic. Mm-hmm. You're trying to ve- defeat the lords of order, mm-hmm. right? The five lords of order. You're trying yes. to defeat them. The only way to do that is with the Lord of Chaos, none other than classic Legion of Superheroes villain <laughs> Mordru. Mm-hmm. That's right, my friend, Mordru." <laughs> so um, that's their that's their uh, their task is to go find Mordru. Mm-hmm. That's that's a pretty good one. Yeah. And then we come back to Detective Chimp and the rest of the members of Just League Dark and Blue Devil, and they're like, "Whoa!" Detective Chimp's like, "How did I do that? I'm amazed!" And suddenly, <laughs> boom, teleports onto the scene Khalid and Manbat, and they're like, "We're here to help you." Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, Detective Chimp's like, "Well, we need to go back. We got to go back and help." Uh, Mira or whatever mm-hmm. and Khalid's like dude I hate to tell you but Mira already dead and we see yeah. that the Lords of Order have blown it apart yeah. <laughs> done <laughs> next issue the death of Mira we just saw it it's yeah. already done Steven yeah. just League dark number nine you love this kind of stuff lay it <laughs> on me um I mean I I'll admit I'm not as familiar as people more seasoned than I am of DC's magic universe yes. and all that. Right. Um, but I do like this title. I think it's a lot of fun. I yes. think it's, um, it continues the, 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 the trajectory of the heroes ruining everything and Correct. having to try to fix it, which I, 
I just, I have a, I don't know, maybe it's a morbid fascination <laughs> with that, but you know, yes. um, they mess up just like me. Yes. Um, so I really dug this. Like, I don't understand all the rules about Mera. I think it's, um, that was the, the night, the night stalkers realm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, he died in metal mm-hmm. and that's when he gave the sword to Chimp mm-hmm. and, um, but the blue devil is the one who's, who's currently ruling it. Um, the stuff with the, with Dr. Fate, I find very interesting mm-hmm. because I mean, he's always been a good guy Yep. and, um, I like that the idea that the universe is so broken that now they have to consider more drastic options. Yes. And it makes him, I mean, yeah, it makes him a bad guy, but it also makes him like, well, I mean, he's a magical being and yes. magic is dying. So right. what else do you think he's going to do? Exactly. Um, and I mean, so I'm, I'm interested to see what happens going forward. I know, you know, with Cersei in the mix, something bad is going to happen with her. Indeed. I love the, the name drop from Wardrew. Mm-hmm. So it'd be very good to see him again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, just, I love the art on this. Mm-hmm. It looks mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, I mean, I, cause I don't really, I mean, I know Brad Anderson yes. as a colorist, but I'm not sure if, I've never seen the artist before. I don't think, indeed, except maybe on this title. But Agreed. it's it's really good. It really pops off the page. It's mm-hmm. good color work, the good mm-hmm. detail. It's and for two so pencilers, you don't really see a. Yeah, a, it doesn't seem schizophrenic at all. Yeah, it seems more like they're like a duo rather yeah. than like oh, we yeah. here. And they so. pair each other. They match each other well. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. So I mean, I I enjoyed it. It's I mean, it's not like you know the the end all be all of comics, but I right. really liked reading it and yes. had a good time. And I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, I know what's going to happen next. Cause they showed it at the end. They're right. blowing up the, the realm, yes. but you know, to see how it, how it all goes down and what happens after mm-hmm. that's usually with this title, especially like, yeah, well we've blown up these places and now we're going to see what happens after yes. we're done. The yeah. consequences. Agreed. Good. Yeah. Yeah, no, Tinian's a great writer. Oh, yeah. He's a good writer. He knows how to deliver a story. And even though I'm not crazy about magic-based titles, this is an entertaining read. It is it is, it is, is technically well-written. Yeah. Okay? Tinian's not going to deliver a story that's not technically well-written. Oh, of course. You know, I mean, <laughs> the guy the guy knows how to plot and pace a story. And mm-hmm. then this, and this issue is well-plotted and paced. It is. Yeah. And the scene transitions are good. So he's, he's mm-hmm. going to do all that. And I think that you've got lots of different plot lines he's juggling. It's a pretty – this is this is an – as always with Tinian, he gives you a very detailed story. Mm-hmm. Lots of plot lines. All of them are very detailed, very intricate. He's into that. He likes the minutia of stories. Oh, yeah. And it's what makes his story so textured and so deep. Mm-hmm. Okay? And this absolutely is. Yeah. And I like I like – I like the characters involved. Mm-hmm. You got you've got plenty of peril. You've got what's happened to Etrigan. Mm-hmm. What's That's going right. on with him? You've got the possibility of, of what's going on with Kent Nelson being controlled by Naboo. Mm-hmm. You've got the possibility of Mordrew appearing, and nothing good ever happens when Mordrew shows no. up. No, <laughs> nothing good. Okay, you might think you got it under control, but you don't. He is the Lord of Chaos. Okay, there mm-hmm. is no controlling chaos, and Mordrew being an I. Iconic Legion of Superheroes villain. I mean, iconic. Mm-hmm. I adore this character to pieces. Yeah. So the idea of him showing up makes me super excited <laughs> and gets me ready to come back for more. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I love that. And all, and it's a good roster anyway. But you had more to the mix. Ugh! Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to come back for more. Um, I would say that 
It would be nice if Tinian could focus a bit more on the members of this team mm -hmm. and their personalities and generate a little more chemistry. I still don't feel like we've got that good quality chemistry between teammates mm -hmm. that you see on a lot of team titles like sure. like uh titans or justice league the main justice league yeah. title you know that that real quality team chemistry we just we feel like we have a collection of characters mm -hmm. we're all here because we're magic based but there's no real chemistry between them nothing yeah you know what i mean and yeah that and dynamic I seems to be missing Seems like he's been missing this whole sure. time on his title. I think because like when he has two of them, like two people together, I think it's better. But when they're like in a group, I think there is you don't see that. You that, don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I would agree with that. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I think he writes them all individually well. But like you said, I think together there is there is something a little yeah. bit missing there. I agree. Yeah. The art. I agree is fantastic. Yeah. It's wonderful art. It's a very pretty looking issue. Um, beautiful detail artwork. I mm -hmm. mean, really detailed artwork. Very intricate. They, like how some of the panels they spend, art spends a lot of time really just making everything look so wonderfully fleshed out in detail. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very nice. Um, how would you grade out Just League Dark Number Nine? Um, I would give the, I think I'll give it straight eights because I really enjoy this title a lot. Um, I really enjoy the artwork a lot. It's, um, mm hmm. It's it it's just to me it's just another quality issue of a quality title that I that I very much enjoy. I agree with you, my yeah. friend. I'm gonna go. I'll go the writing. I will give it seven nickels out of ten for the writing. Sure. And the artwork. It's only because of the trench coat. The artwork. <laughs> I was gonna give it eight nickels out of ten. But but oh boy. But because Zatanna is wearing a trench coat, and has flats on, and has no fishnets. <laughs> it gets an automatic two-point deduction, six nickels out of ten for the art. It might be cold on that island. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Last up. So he gives it an eight. Six nickels out of ten for the artwork. <laughs> That's oh. a heavy penalty, Stephen. Oh it's a heavy God. penalty. <laughs> All right. Um. <laughs> Last one. He was the it's... same way when Wonder Woman had pants. <laughs> oh, it's an abomination, I tell you. Oh God, don't remind me. Um, <laughs> Wonder Twins number two. Now this is uh, part of the Wonder Comics line of comics, being yes. helmed by Brian Bendis. Mm -hmm. uh, so far, these have been a sales failure. Of course, I, I'm uh, well, not surprised. By I, that. Right. Well, well. To, to be fair to Bendis, it's very early on. And okay. he can still pull this out. Um, I know that at this point we've not seen the sales numbers to the first issue of Wonder Twins. Of Wonder Twins, yeah. And right now there's only two Wonder comics that have been published so far: Naomi and um, and Young Justice. Yeah. Oh, that's right. There's Young Justice, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Didn't really feel much that. like uh, younger. It felt more like another Teen Titans, <laughs> but. <laughs> Okay, so there have been three, Young Justice, Wonder Twins, and Naomi. Yes. I know Naomi, number one, did not sell well. We no. don't know about Young Justice. I, I can't remember Young Justice's sales numbers. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen Wonder Twin number one yet. Yes. So we'll see. I have a feeling Wonder Twins number one was not a big seller. I do as well. Yes. It was not a particularly good read. <laughs> did you read the number one issue? I did, yes. What did you think of it? Just real fast, did you, um, did you like it? I thought it was all right. 
there okay. were there's stuff that I like and stuff I didn't. So you know. All right. Uh, so this issue, <laughs> Wonder Twins number two. Yes. We begin with Lexicon Private Prison, mm-hmm. right? So we know what's coming. Mm-hmm. A little commentary on yes. our prison system mm-hmm. because we do allow for private prisons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Again, criminal defense attorney. Yes. I know this you know. area. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I, got, I probably know this better than uh, Russell does. Um, <laughs> and I should mention, the writer is Mark Russell, mm-hmm. and the artist is Stephen Byrne. Mm-hmm. So... Essentially, we got this lame villain called what's his name? The uh, Scrambler. The Scrambler. <laughs> yeah, and he, he can possess people. He can swap. He can put his his mm-hmm. mind into your body, your body, and yeah, the, your mind into his body. Yeah, that's he's how he switch bodies. Switch he's, bodies. He has the Freaky Friday effect. The Freaky Friday <laughs> effect. And uh, the prison guard. He's in jail. And the prison guard, of course, starts mocking him about you're a loser, la la la. Mm-hmm. And so Scrambler goes, <laughs> flip, swips minds with the. With the uh, guard, the prisoner, the prison guard's now inside uh, mm-hmm. Scrambler's body in the jail cell. He's like, "No, no, let me out! I'll give you anything: lobster, pop tarts, whatever you want to eat. I'll go here." <laughs> and so the scrambler, as the prison guard, lets him out, and then the uh, prison guard in Scrambler's body is like, "Please, which is back? Please, which is back? I'll do anything for you." And Scrambler, in the prison guard's body, walks into the jail cell, closes the door, and goes, "Sure." Switch his body. Now the prison guard's back in his body, but he's in the jail cell. Yeah. Scrambler, back in his body. He's free. Yep. Bup, bup, bup. And the prison guard eats some of the food going, that's not, actually not so bad. And so, yeah, a lot of the jokes kind of fall flat. Hmm. But, you know, hey, what can you do? And <laughs> we can see the scrambler's costume, Stephen, is an orange costume with a fried egg on his chest. <laughs> there you go. The scrambler. <laughs> Okay. Yay. And we see that this is the Lexicon Prison and Call Center. Yeah. Okay. And then we cut to a uh, the Winter Twins on a their Morris High School bus. Mm-hmm. And the uh, teacher is like, well, you know, uh, sorry because of uh, uh, budget cuts to the Honors Club. We can't afford to go to the planetarium this year. But the good news is we found some money and we can still have a field trip to a prison. That makes... And right now, out of the box, Stephen, I'm like, eat the record skips. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. No school would. I, I, I know it's superhero comics, mm-hmm. but when you're using things like field trips, high school field trips, it, mm-hmm. it has to be grounded in reality of high school field trips. This isn't, you know, about we're going to go ride space dragons off some random planet. Like, you're dealing with high school field trips. I mean, you can only suspend belief, but so much for certain things. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no high school is taking their honors club to a prison. Period. End of story. Full stop. It's not happening. It's just not happening. So I'm already like, wow, you're having to do the fucking limbo. Uh, the, sorry. You're having to, like, literally do all sorts of physical contortions to get your commentary. And I've got my arm over my, through my back and my leg over my head to get to my political, to my commentary about the prison system. It doesn't make sense. Now, maybe if you had them working with at-risk teenagers in a prison as part of a scared straight program or something, I don't know, but this doesn't make sense. No honors club, no honors club is taken to a prison. Mm. And no, and to double down on the stupidity, mm-hmm. Russell then shows them in the prison, the students inside the prison mm-hmm. 
amongst the inmates. No bars separating them from, they're literally in with the inmates. Mm -hmm. Again, would never happen. The mm -hmm. high school would be sued out of existence. Mm -hmm. The liability problems are, it's insanity. Mm -hmm. It is literally insanity. This would happen nowhere. Just, it would never happen, okay? Mm -hmm. And to make it even crazier, they're being led by a female instructor. There is no prison, there is no prison, Stephen. No prison mm -hmm. where there are men, a male prison with mm -hmm. female guards. It doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for it, because mm -hmm. these are male rapists and male murderers mm -hmm. and psychotics, and you're not gonna put a female prison guard at risk. Mm -hmm. That's why female prison guards are at female prisons. Mm -hmm. The male guards are at male prisons. Mm -hmm. You would never have this nice lady jauntily walking through. What? And to double down the stupidity, we're not done with the stupidity. To make it even worse, they have these prisoners chained to their chairs at, the, at their desks. Mm -hmm. Again, this doesn't happen in American prisons. There is nowhere, nowhere, nowhere this happens in any American prison. I've been to a lot of them. Mm -hmm. I've seen my clients there. This does not happen. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is just, I'm already out of the story. It's so nonsensical. But Russell has, he's got a point to make. And he's going to make it whether he's got to jam this all logic through this square peg that he has. It's not working. It's, it, anyhow. Then we learn. I'm sorry. I have to say that I think you're taking the Wonder Twins a little too seriously. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, uh, it, it's the Wonder Twins. It doesn't of matter. Of course it's stupid. It, no, it doesn't matter. It's I am dumb. never watching South Park with you. <laughs> it is I'm so saying. dumb. It is so dumb. What? And Why then, would Al Gore show up at this school? It makes no sense. <laughs> and then it gets even worse. We learned that they're training these people not to reoffend because a big part of a lot of prisons, there's mm -hmm. the concept of recidivism. Yes. That you keep arresting and mm -hmm. imprisoning and releasing and rearresting and re-imprisoning and re the same people. Mm -hmm. And there is truth to it. Yeah. I would defend the same people, Stephen, mm -hmm. over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Over and over. You talk to cops, they'll tell you, we deal, it's the same people. Mm -hmm. We deal with the same people all the time. So the mm -hmm. concept of recidivism is a real thing. Yeah. And one way to try to break that is to do vocational training in prisons. Yeah. That is the, the one way they try to break the rate of recidivism. Mm -hmm. Yet Russell evidently thinks that that's a bad idea because he has Jan mock the idea of trying to train these people because she's like, so basically what you're saying is 90% of these guys, because the lady tour guide says, 9 out of 10 inmates receive vocational training, don't reoffend. Right, that's the point of it, trying to break the cycle of recidivism. Jan goes, so basically what you're saying is 90% of these guys didn't need to be in prison in the first place. That literally makes no sense. That, that is literally makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Jan could have responded, Jan's sentence could have been, blenders walk on horses and go to the sun. <laughs> it would have made as much sense. <laughs> They're in prison because they committed a crime. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with a vocational... Mm -hmm. These things aren't connected, Stephen, mm -hmm. at all. These what? 
I, 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 I do agree with you on that one. Oh, my God. And so we then cut to elsewhere. <laughs> Russell ain't telling you where. He's not thinking up where. Doesn't matter. We get the Beast Boy filming a fruity pie. It's a hot, uh, was a hot mess fruity pie ad. It's a takeoff on Hostess fruit pies ads that used to be in comics from the 70s. Mm-hmm. This is literally a gag that nobody, nobody reading this comic is going to get. Nope. Wonder Comics is an imprint designed to target not me. Mm-hmm. Not me. Not you. You're too old, too. This is designed, Wonder Comics is designed to target teen readers. 13 to about 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, 18-year-olds might be t- they're too grown to read a comic like this. But mm-hmm. for sure, 13 to 16, for sure. Sure. Literally none of them will get it. Not a single one will get it. They'll go, <laughs> okay, that was weird. Moving on. This is what happens when you hire a 50-year-old man to write a comic for teenagers. Just like in the last issue where he made reference to some classical music composer who, who does adult contemporary music from the 60s. What? I mean, these are references that no one's going to get. Your target audience is just going to be like, Bruh. if I gave this to my boys, they would have read it and been like, okay, that was weird. It wasn't funny. It was weird, though. I'll give you that. Because they don't get the reference. Again. Maybe I a younger the, writer. I thought the joke was more of the the puns and the the stupid um, whatever, but it said I got you. I, I so, understand what you're saying. Yeah, I just I okay. like I like puns. Sorry, <laughs> it made me. And so we see that uh, Superman's there at the ad shoot. Okay, and the Wonder Twins are there. Where is this elsewhere location, Stephen? So then we cut to the Scrambler calling Lex Luthor. And he's like, hey, when's the next Legion of Doom meeting? And he's like, ah, sorry, bro, we filled your position. It's like, what? You can't do that. <laughs> and then uh, we have go back to the prison. They're searching for the Scrambler. And the one guard says, oh, I checked the parking lot twice, didn't see any escapees. And one goes, all right, whatever, there's pizza in the break room. Okay. So we come back to the Hall of Justice, and the Wonder Twins are there talking to, uh, hey, there's Red Tornado. He appears in the background. That's cute. <laughs> um, that might have been the most interesting moment for me. And we see Beast Boy is telling the Wonder Twins that, um, well, I don't know, really nothing. And they, oh. he basically tells them that when they capture prison uh, bad guys, they put them in prison. And then they get out, and they go after him again, and put him back in prison. And Jan's like, that doesn't make any sense. Because I guess Jan is Punisher. She just believes you put a bullet in her head, I guess. Um, and he's, Beast Boy's like, you don't have prisons on Exor, their home planet? And she goes, we don't have them. The closest thing we have is community college. Wow. Wow, Russell, aren't you Mr. Elite? Mr. Ooh, you went to an elite college. Lucky you. I guess people go to community colleges are all dirtbags. Ooh, oh, okay, Mr. Hoity-toity Ivory Tower intellectual guy. Yeesh. Um, Didn't you go to one of those colleges? I did. 
<laughs> I, I did go. I did go to a hoity-toity ivory tower elite college. I did. That's how he knows he can detect it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I know Russell went to one too. Um, <laughs> um, they all know each other. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so he goes. So, um, so begs the question. Mm-hmm. What do they do with criminals on Exor? Do they grind them into food and feed them to the homeless population? What do they do with them? Do they just put bullets in their heads? Do do they stuff them like uh, you know a taxidermist and then and then use them to recreate uh, uh, you know scenes at theme parks? What do they do with them? I don't know. They don't. Tell, Russell's not telling you. They just run out of prisons. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. Anyhow. Then Beast Boy says, your first assignment is to help me bring down the League of Annoyance. Who are hiding out in a Weeby Toys store. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not Toys R Us. Weeby Toys. Mm-hmm. And we see these uh, vil- these villains. They're lame. There's like a Manus dude. And uh, they have Aunt Fetamine, who is clearly an evil Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we, he, we see a, uh, 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 a vampire guy, Baron Nightblood, also known as Druncula. <laughs> but he's not called Druncula anymore because he's uh, controlling his, his drinking. And so he can't, he can't bite people because they might have had something to drink. They might have had alcohol to drink. So if he bites them because he's an alcoholic, okay. He's a vampire, so he he drinks blood, but he's an alcoholic, so he can't have alcohol. So he can't bite people because they might have drunk alcohol, thereby making him drunk and falling off the wagon. Never mind, he's a vampire, which means he's dead. So I'm pretty sure he probably can't be addicted to anything anymore because he's dead. But whatever, I don't... It's a joke, so there's the joke there, so don't worry about it, Stephen. Anyhow. Um, no, I wasn't worried about <laughs> it. <laughs> so then we get to the... Oh, we're going to have a... I think this is going to be our first disagreement on the Wonder Twins. Yay! And we get to the Hall Excitement. of Justice. And Jan's saying how, like, oh, the lexicon place was depressing, and... Sans like, well, it is a prison. Uh, <laughs> and then she asks Supercomputer, how many prisons are there? There we go. Here's your PSA, people. And the computer goes, well, there's currently 5,000 prisons and jails and incarcerating 2.3 million people in this country alone. All right. And she's like, yeah, I'm not sure this plant knows what it's doing. And have you ever heard of a prison before coming here? Because maybe you didn't have crime. I, th- here's the problem. It begs the question of what is the solution to which Russell never answers. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to criticize something, you must then turn around and supply what the solution is. Otherwise, you look like a buffoon with no pants on holding your dick in your hands. That's what happens. That's what happens to Russell. So, and then Jan asks Zahn, haven't you ever taken a history class? And he goes, nope, I dropped it for jazz dance. Wacky! Yep. So, anyhow, then we talk about how Jan goes on about people locked away and blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, Zahn is just looking at an ad for a failed circus monkey. Okay. Pet monkey. He's like, she's talking about serious issues, supposedly, in air quotes. And his is just cool. 
pet monkey. Brr, brr. Like, what is he like? I, he, he reacts like this, you know, like, like he has some brain injury or something. Um, and then the supercomputer tells them, Druncula's on the loose. And so we see Druncula going to attack this couple. And then Zahn appears as a puddle before him and turns into human form and racks them in the nuts because nut shots are funny, Stephen. And so... And then Druncula says, I'm not Druncula, I'm Baron Nightblood. And then... Zahn turns into gas so he can't punch him, and then Zahn reforms into human shape and on top of him and starts punching him. And Junkula's like, I want to focus on my sobriety and whatever, whatever, whatever. And then Junkula's like, you're not strong enough to take on a vampire. And Zahn's like, I know, because I'm fucking lame. <laughs> and that's and luckily I have my sister. And then he Junkula goes to punch Zahn. He turns into water. You can't can't punch what you can't hit, Steven. Mm -hmm. And then out of nowhere comes a big gorilla, and she attacks Druncula, knocks him out, and then they... This is what I don't get. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, Steven. Okay. Jan and Zahn mm -hmm. are high school students. Yes. From another planet. Yes. And they're kind of interning with the Justice League. Sure. Is that yes, fair to say? That's The Justice League is a band of metahumans operating outside the law mm -hmm. but with the blessing of the federal government mm -hmm. and your local state and uh you know your state and local sure. municipal authorities right uh -huh. but vigilantes nonetheless yeah they're not police officers are they no not fbi agents no they're not part of law enforcement no they wouldn't have the powers to arrest people would they no okay so next thing we see he's handcuffed they have him at the police station. He's handcuffed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Police didn't witness anything. Mm -hmm. Police don't have any probable cause. Mm -hmm. There's no evidence of what happened. Mm -hmm. And yet he's put into jail. How did that happen? Well, how did that happen? That makes no sense. <laughs> that makes literally no sense. It can't happen. It just can't happen. But it does because humor. And uh, we got to move the story along. And we have a narrative. So he somehow gets wrongfully incarcerated, completely illegal, and would never happen in a million years in America. Mm -hmm. But there we are. And then we cut back to the Justice League, and Beast Boy says, hey, Zan, you got a package. And he's like, I don't remember ordering anything. <laughs> Is he literally born without a brain? Was he dropped on his head? <laughs> Did a tower crane hit him in the head, thereby causing him to have no short-term memory at all? Because when you open the package, he goes, oh, it's my circus monkey. But you, you, you literally said I didn't order anything. I don't remember ordering anything. Mm -hmm. What? So there we go. Mm -hmm. Circus money, monkey. He's blue. I don't know how he's blue. There are no such thing as a blue monkey. But he's blue. Anyhow, we then get Jan continue to talk about how uh, we put villains in prison, and then they're just human resources departments for a telemarketing scam, and you can't solve problems by throwing a box in it. Again, offering the question, begging the question of what are you supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. Russell's not answering it. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. And then we cut back to Jan and Zahn going back to the prison 
I guess to check on Baron Blood Druncula Man. And they kept him the drunk tank. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, by the way, no one refers to it as a drunk tank. No, like, literally nobody says that. Not a single cop I know says it. It's just the jail. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, that's what it is. It's a city jail. Mm-hmm. They keep you, sober you up, right? Yeah. And, uh, oh, no. They see, uh, 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 well, first of all, this is, like, a weird jail because it's just a cinder block of room. Very strange jail. Never seen one like this before in my life. But anyhow, this city jail is a cinder block room in a basement. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you see Druncula, and he's drunk everyone's blood. And he never wanted any of it. And it was, it was 30 days sober. So I, am, I supposed to, am I supposed to be laughing because he's a joke character? Or am I supposed to be like legitimately morally outraged because we're supposed to be telling a serious message here? Mm-hmm. I don't know because it's entirely conflicted and wrapped up in a story that lacks any common sense. But that's the end of the issue. Mm-hmm. So one turns number two, Steve, what do you think? okay um i i don't know what what you were drinking when you read this the shit is stupid it's the wonder twins it's not supposed to be serious Now, I will I will agree with you on this. Yes. I think the 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 shoved in message is is too much. Like, okay, I get it. You you brought it up one time. Yes. We don't need to hear about it again. Yes. And then they keep doing it, doing it. And and it, no solutions. Hey, no. I agree with you. I hate that. I hate that just so, as much as anybody. Is it supposed to be funny or serious? I don't know which. And I will agree with that, that there is a point where it's like, okay, well I don't like the I'm confused. That, it, it, like story structure wise. Yes, it's not good. <laughs> I agree. It's not good at all. Um, and some of the jokes are 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 really stupid. Um, it's weird just to be weird. Yes. Um. Uh, I like the art. The art I, I is think it very fits nice. What it what it's trying hey, to the do. The art's great. The art yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Um, and yes, it doesn't have any. It doesn't fit any common sense, real world logic that we would know or identify with, and it, it doesn't really have any character characters. No, of any kind. No, no, no. They're just caricatures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Maybe I <laughs> just like puns a lot, or maybe it's just so bad that I'm laughing at it, but. I laughed. I laughed reading this comic book. Is it good? No, it's not good. It's terrible. But, and one thing I... This is like Plan 9 from Outer Space in comic book form. It, it kind of is. I, I can see the wire, which the spaceship is hanging from. <laughs> yeah, it's Is like, that the sound boom in the, in the shot? Yeah, the the scene where it's it's clearly Bela Lugosi in one scene, but then he died, and so it's somebody else. Face. Ooh, I'm the same character. It's like no, you were in the scene before. You were Bela Lugosi, and then it goes back and forth, and terrible. Um, but what, what is what is that movie? What is the movie? The really bad movie, Tommy. Oh, uh, uh, the room. Yes. Yeah. This is the comic book equivalent of the room. <laughs> That's what this is. 
you will laugh, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but like, I mean, there were some like when they said the, um, oh yeah, we didn't, um, yeah, we ran out of money for the um, the school trip for the planetarium, but yes. we're gonna go someplace else. And I saw the prison. I laughed at that because that's so stupid. <laughs> Why would anybody do that? Oh, <laughs> it has to be a comedy. <laughs> and I mean, look, I get it. Like, you know, you don't want your characters to be really super stupid, but I laugh at, at Zahn. He is so goddamn dumb. He is the stupidest person on the planet Earth, and he's not even from Earth. No. But like he says things that make me laugh. Like there was the um oh my God. in the first issue when Hawkman comes up and just says something just so mundane and stupid. And he goes, congratulations. I was like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> that made me laugh. I'm sorry. I <laughs> I laughed at this quite a bit. I like the stupid commercial because maybe it's French Revolution humor that I find funny. But it was it was stupid enough that it made me laugh. I'm sorry. What what am what what can I say? I am a simple person. Sometimes I like dumb jokes. I do not like people um, trying to fit awkwardly fit a political message into my stupid humor. But I like the league the league the legion of annoyance. I thought they were all stupid, but they made me laugh. Yes, Druncula is you know what character of the year. Oh my god! I really felt for him. Oh my god! I never wanted any of this. It's oh like, uh, see, that's dumb. And I, I laughed. I really laughed. Maybe oh I'm god. a morbid person too. <laughs> but you know what? I laughed. There and you go. that is the most important thing <laughs> that I laughed. So, am I going to give this comic a high score? Because I'm like, no, of course I'm not going to. I'm not a fool. But I enjoy this title. Oh I'm god. going to keep reading it because oh my god. I get a good laugh. Oh my god. So, yeah. you know, I you either do one or the other. Sure. Either you're going to have a serious message or you're going to play the whole thing for gags. Yes. But this walking the middle part mm. doesn't help you with either. You're not you're not uh, Matt Stan and Trey Parker, bro. You're not you're you know not what I mean? South Park. Right. You're not that like, smart. <laughs> right. Like either either you got a serious because then I don't know how to react. Mm-hmm. It, am I is Drunkula a joke or is it serious? Yeah. Well, if it's serious, I can't laugh. Mm-hmm. If I'm supposed to laugh at it, then the serious stuff just seems misplaced and not funny. See, I never saw him as being serious, though. I always thought it was a joke. Now, I see the the message, the whole imprisonment message that, that we yeah. shouldn't have imprisoned him and mm-hmm. look what we did to him and we're at fault. Well, then, is mm-hmm. he a punchline or mm-hmm. is this a serious commentary? Mm-hmm. I don't know because you're, you're conflicting this message, so mm-hmm. then I can't enjoy the... I can't just say this is dumb humor, mm-hmm. mindless dumb humor, and I can't say it's something serious because you've mixed the two in a dipshit fashion. You know, it, it, it's it and that runs through the whole story. It's like, is this going to be just a simple, stupid, nonsensical, funny title in which there are no rules, and therefore I don't have to worry about the rules, and I can just go on this ride of just nonsensical fun, and I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. or. Or are there real world rules and you are making real world social and political commentary? Mm -hmm. It's one of the two. But when you start to mix the two in a random fashion, I can't go in either direction. So then I can't just let go of, suspend all my disbelief and just enjoy the stupid humor. And I can't take any of the real world criticism seriously. And on top of it, your real world criticism is done in an 
absolutely infantile and idiotic fashion that just displays your ignorance for the topic as a whole. Wow. So I just and never mind your char- the character work sucks horrendously. The dialogue, there's some some funny lines, and the rest is just cheese whiz. The story is nonsense. It doesn't there. Mm-hmm. There's no plot. There's no point. There's no nothing. We're two issues in, and we're like, why is the reader supposed to come back for more? We don't know. We're just like, you know, I don't know. We're, we're just a tick on the hind part of a cow wandering through a pasture. That's what we are. We don't know what's going on. Okay. <laughs> so I just... Eh, I don't know. It's it's doesn't know what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. And I think Russell needs to decide, what do I want to be with this comic? What mm-hmm. do I want to be? And you might want to make Jan and Zahn real characters at some point. Mm-hmm. You got to make them real characters at some point. Because right now, you have Jan, who is utterly unlikable. <laughs> she is like that dour, obnoxious, irritating never smiles, never laughs, hates anything that is fun, mm-hmm. person. You meet those those wet blankets. Mm-hmm. They're like she's like a freaking Eeyore. Mm-hmm. Okay? She's a, she's an Eeyore who wants to nanny you to death mm-hmm. and tell you how to live. That's not exciting. And Zan Zan is seriously the victim of serious head trauma and is clearly brain damaged and probably needs 24-hour medical care and assistance. <laughs> Much like a 90-year-old suffering from Alzheimer's. He's probably a risk to himself and those around him. Um, <laughs> having said that, the artwork is fantastic. I like it a lot. The art is really, really good. It's the perfect match to this story, to what could be a lot of fun. I think the best route is to just play this Russell first of all they should fire Russell that's your first step don't need a 50 year old man writing a story you're gone you're not funny and you don't know what you're doing so let get him out of there get a younger writer who actually knows how to write comedy Mm -hmm. and they just play this title straight like an ambush bug comic Mm -hmm. just wacky don't have any rules don't have any rules and just play it up like an ambush bug comic and just make it zany and funny Mm -hmm. and wacky if you want to write a story with a message, then this isn't the title for you. Yeah. Just make it zany and wacky and hilarious. Ambush, bug it up, because there's a lot of potential here with these characters. There's a lot of potential here. Lots of it. Mm-hmm. The League of Annoyance, the Legion of Annoyance, these are tons of potential here for good, some good stuff. Just gets lost in the delivery, though. Mm-hmm. So, I like a fun title. I wish this title had a clear purpose, mm-hmm. a clear direction <laughs> that Russell just doesn't seem to want to do. That's just me. But the art's great. Love the art. Really do like the art. As a matter of fact, anytime they do like a teenage title that's kind of wacky, funny, th- this art, Stephen Byrne, yeah. good choice. Mm-hmm. Really, and I'm not familiar with his art. I've never seen his art before. But I really like it. It's fantastic. Um, Wonder Twins, Number two, my friend, how do you grade it out? Um, I will give the I'll give the writing a four. 
thought you were gonna go higher than that. I thought you were gonna come in around a five. Nah, it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, I mean, and the only reason it's not lower is because I did laugh at some of the stuff. <laughs> um, because it's not, it's not. And if applying actual like critical theory to it, it's not that good. But I mean, I mean, I could apply critical theory to like a South Park episode, and it would be structured better than. This, so yes, agreed. No, you're right about that. You're and, right about um, that. So yeah, and I don't. Even if it's a message I agree with, I don't like. I don't like seeing. I've seen enough crap about private prisons, and you know, on the news, I don't need to see any more about it in my comic books, unless you're going to offer a real solution. Yes, correct. So because of that, um, it's the four, and the writing. I, no, definitely not in the art. I'll give it eight. I like the art a lot. Yes, agreed. Yes. Uh, much like with you, with the writing, I is either funny or it's a message. Mm-hmm. Pick pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about its message. I mean. I do criminal defense work, so obviously I, you know, I clearly, uh, I clearly side with the side that's being accused. So um, mm-hmm. I'm not, not pro, uh, you know, <laughs> locking people away for any reason. Obviously, so it doesn't matter whether I agree with your position or not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. It make it doesn't make sense, and you don't offer a solution. So why are you here? And it's awkwardly placed. So the writing I'm going to give one night girl out of ten to. Wow. One crack addicted. <laughs> Toothless, emaciated. Zon out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Night girl out of ten. There you go. Um, the art though, I'm gonna go nine Night Girls out of ten. Wow. I really love this art. I really, really like the art. This is great art. And if mm-hmm. DC ever does another, you know, teen centric, really humor based comic, mm-hmm. Stephen Byrne. Yeah, I'd, I'd put him on the towel. Really good looking artwork. Mm-hmm. On that bombshell, Stephen. Yes. Shocking. It's so shocking. Shocking. I did not know you were going to do that <laughs> after that review that you gave. <laughs> I know. I was waiting for this. That's why I left this card for the last. Because like I'm gonna, I'm gonna shock Stephen. We're gonna shock him. If people could only see your face about halfway through this review, and you were like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell, my friend. Pretty good week, though. Not a bad week. Yeah. From Marvel and DC, pretty decent week. We, you know, a couple of a uh, couple of misses. More from DC. More, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's. Uh, I think Amazing Spider-Man might have been the highlight of the week for me. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think that was the total package. Yeah, for was, me. That was for me too. Mm-hmm. Was that yours as well? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was just really good. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There you have it. We both pick a Marvel title. Will wonders never cease? There you go. <laughs> And on that bombshell, my friend, viva la revolucion.